With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Broadcasting from deep in the Eublifaris galaxy, on a small planet called Gekonia, East of the albino hills and south of the raging leucistic river comes the one, the only, Gecko Nation Radio. All right, good evening everyone to a special edition of Gecko Nation Radio. Today is March 4th, 2014. And we have Jonathan Fultz of Breeder Circle, Reptile Webmasters, Herp Life, and, oh my God, what else isn't John into? <laughs> John has a strong presence in the community and has a background in marketing. Uh, tonight we'll be talking about the ball python market in particular. We're going to touch on morphs. We're going to touch on his businesses. And uh, we're going to talk about what it's like doing something that you love and trying to make a business out of your, your interest and your passion. Um, you know, John's a real go-getter. I admire his diversity and efforts in making his interest into businesses, and uh, I think that's really cool. I think that's something a lot of us are trying to do today. And if you can do something you love, you you know, you'll never work a day in your life. That's what the saying says. You know, it also seems like today that there's many facets of herpetoculture that are in flux. Things are changing. The market's changing. Um, you know, Facebook, social media really is changing the entire playing field. We're going to touch touch on that as well and uh, you know those who can adapt to the changes will succeed Um, nothing will ever be the same as it is today so uh, the only you know change is the only constant in the universe and everything is always going to change some people don't like change but it's good I think it's good Um, tonight I have my co-host Mr. Steve Barker go ahead and grab Steve what's up Steve how are you Pretty good. How are you, Dave? Doing good. I'm looking forward to tonight to uh, tonight's show. What do you think? I think it's going to be a good one. Oh yeah, I think so too. Yeah, this is right up your alley with the ball pythons and uh, you know, comparable to leopard geckos. Ball pythons are huge in herpetoculture, and you know we don't talk about it too much. We touched on it uh, on Sunday with your episode, and it was pretty good. Um, so I think the, we're going to hit on it again tonight and get into some different areas like. Uh, you know, the, basically what's actually happening to the ball python market today. So I think it's going to be fun. How's everything going with your stuff? Uh, pretty good. I'm pretty sure I got some gravid females. Oh, um, really? Yeah, nice. Yeah, for my for ball pythons at least. Pretty sure. Okay. Everything's lining cool. up, you know, going as planned. <laughs> you know, oh, that's, that's good. <laughs> you know, I made a post on Facebook today about my collection and how, like, in the beginning of the season, I always feel like uh, I get pessimistic in a way because, like, some of my females that I'm hoping will start ovulating laying eggs aren't yet, and some are, and I get, like, really nervous and think I'm going to have a horrible season. And then before I know it, 
all of the females that I wanted to are ovulating and eggs are exploding and everything's going crazy. Yeah. And I got to start building racks to keep up with it. <laughs> so it's just starting yeah. to pick up here and I'm starting to feel a lot better about it. But, uh, yeah, it's going to get very busy here very soon. I feel like it didn't, I didn't even, I feel like the last season didn't even stop. <laughs> I don't know about you, but it kind of just merged uh, right into the new one. Yeah, I still have uh, some gargoyle eggs waiting to hatch from last season. So, <laughs> yeah, it really hasn't stopped. That's funny. Well, all right, well, everybody out there, I want to also mention that Gecko Nation Radio and Herpentine Radio are affiliates. And um, Herpentine is a, is a very diverse radio show. John, I mean, Justin and JD do an excellent job with just interviewing a lot of different people in the world of herpetoculture. They do a lot of conservation-type episodes. Uh, they're big about rocks for rattlesnake roundups, and uh, which is great if you're helping to end rattlesnake roundups. I like what they're doing as far as promoting those heavily. But um, if you guys want to check out another great reptile-based radio show, Herpentime is it. Give them a shot. And uh, you definitely won't be disappointed. They've been going strong for over two years now. So um, that's really cool. And, of course, Gecko Nation Radio, folks, would not be possible without its sponsors. So and keep in mind, take advantage of our sponsors. If you guys need something from them, these businesses are the best people that I've found in their particular niche. So, and all my sponsor plugs are sincere, okay? These aren't, it's not just like somebody gives me money and I'm going to tell you they're great. These people are really that good, and I stake my reputation on them. So check these businesses out, and if you need something from them, definitely mention Gecko Nation Radio. In particular, I know right off the bat that if you use the word gecko at checkout with abdragons.com, you're going to get 5% off your order. So um, definitely take advantage. Here you go. Gecko Nation Radio is a David's Fine Gecko's creation and production. You can visit the show's Facebook page at Gecko Nation Radio. I also have a great family-friendly group on Facebook called Gecko Nation. Apply for membership today. Gecko Nation Radio is sponsored by... Rainbow Mealworms is the largest worm grower in the world and selling to the public since 1956. If you need the highest quality mealworms, superworms, and crickets for your pets, Contact them at www.rainbowmealworms.net. Gecko Boa Reptiles is your source for the highest quality leopard gecko morphs and wild types, from white and yellows to radars, amazing tremper morphs, and rare subspecies. John is a world-class breeder and extremely knowledgeable. If you're looking for something truly special in geckos, contact John Scarborough at geckoboa.com and on Facebook. ABDragons.com is your source for the highest quality doobie roaches, whether you're starting a colony of your own or just need feeders for your insect-eating herps. ABDragons.com can't be beat in quality or price. They are also a huge distributor of FlexWatt reptile heat tape and have very competitive pricing. Check out ABDragons.com online and on Facebook. Dale's Bearded Dragons is your one-stop source for any reptile supply products that you may need from Exoterra, Zoomed, Rapashi, Repcal, Fluker, and much, much more, and all at 20 to 50% cheaper than your local pet store or big chain pet store. They are also the biggest reptile supply distributor at most of the Northeast Expos. Contact them directly online at dalesbeardeddragons.com or 
message me on Facebook, and I'll put you in touch with the owner. And if you're looking for quality food for your dubia roaches, crickets, mealworms, and superworms, look no further than MS2 Premium Insect Chow. Made with reptiles in mind, it contains no dog food, cat food, or chicken mash. Using only vegetable proteins and high-quality ingredients, MS2 Premium Insect Chow will have your feeders making a beeline for it. Contact ms2ent.weebly.com or it can also be purchased at Rainbow Mealworms and AB Dragons. Okay, everybody, we are back. In addition to those great sponsors, we have added a few more, um, one being Supreme Gecko. Wally from Supreme Gecko is an excellent source for crested geckos, supplies, uh, micro geckos, um, day geckos, really interesting diversity in his collection of uh, small, uh, little small geckos and just amazing cresteds, just really pretty stuff. Almost makes me want to switch from leopard geckos to cresteds. So check out www.supremegecko.com. Also, we have Ohio Gecko. Data from Ohio Gecko is the king of tangerines and just does an amazing job with them. Um, also has some very interesting fat tails like starbursts that are unique to his collection now and uh, some stingers and really nice snow uh, project leopard geckos. So check out ohiogecko.com. He's also the owner of Gecko Forums. And last but not least, we have Reptiles Express. Reptiles Express is the absolute best shipping company to ship your animals nationwide. Uh, definitely check out Reptiles Express. Become a member. If, you have, if you're new to shipping and you have questions, uh, give them a call and speak with Debbie. She is the queen of customer service and will help you every step of the way. And uh, Reptiles Express is all I use to ship my animals. Check them out, reptilesexpress.com. Okay, uh, Steve, if you are addicted to leopard geckos, like many of us are, and geckos in general, where where do we send those people? Where do we want them to go? Gecko forums. That's right, gecko forums. Check this out, guys. Did you know that since 2006, there's been a treasure trove of history and information on leopard geckos and other species? Well, Gecko Forums is the most extensive database of leopard gecko history on the web right now. Take a look and delve into the past, present, and future of this great community. The biggest contributors, breeders, and hobbyists have left their mark there. Now it's your turn. Look, learn, and post away. Need a place to post animals for sale? Look no further. Visit geckoforums.net and become a member today. Gecko Nation Radio is proud to be the official radio show associated with Gecko Forums. That's right, everybody. We are proud. And uh, we are also proud to have our great guest on tonight. And uh, like I said in the beginning of the show, John is um, very well known. He is the owner of Breeder Circle, Reptile Webmasters, Herp Life, and a few other things. And a very strong presence in the community. We're going to go ahead and bring on John, coming all the way from the lovely Miami, Florida area. Jonathan Fultz, you are live on Gecko Nation Radio. How's it going? What's, what's going on, David? Steve, how you guys doing ah, today? Not too, How's everything? Ah, doing good. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Glad to be on the show. You know? And all right. It's, it's going to be good and fun. Go ahead. Yeah, cool. Um, why, hey, John, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, how you get, got started in the world of herpetoculture, and also what makes you so, I guess, so focused more on ball pythons today? 
Um, all right. Well, let me let me like take you back a little bit. Um, when I was a little kid, I mean, I, I kind of I just loved the outdoors. Me and my brother would just play outdoors all the time, and we would basically love to climb trees, catch lizards, you know, put them on our ears, you know, as like earrings, and it, it was just something that we loved, like the outdoors and. You know, I like I like nature in general, you know, and then plus, like, one of the things that I like, I also like to learn about philosophy, esoteric knowledge, which has a lot of uh, essence with, like, reptiles themselves. So I don't know if that's something that drove me towards it. But um, about in 2004, I was basically looking to get into a business, and um, my buddy, he basically was selling hermit crabs in, in the mall. And, um, you know, he did pretty well with it, and it just seemed pretty fun. You know, I was just looking to get myself into something, and, you know, me and him were best friends at the time. So I actually started doing that. We started actually selling turtles in the mall, which ended up being an actual pet shop in the middle of the mall. Um, you know, we started to sell bearded dragons, leopard geckos, snakeball pythons, and everything. Like, when we would go to pick up the hermit crabs and the turtles, we went to actually it was extreme reptiles which I think now it's, uh, they have a different name now, but this was Alfredo. Um, he was also one of the guys that used to import crazy ball pythons and, you know, sell them for, like, create, like, pies. I think he would buy pies and sell them for, like, $80,000 each. So we would go over oh, to wow. the facility, and, and, and he had the most crazy, he had the craziest stuff over there that it was just so intriguing. It's like it was a world that I had never seen before. You know, so, like, as I would go through his facility, we would go and roam around, you know, see some of the snakes being fed and everything. So the curiosity started to spark from there, you know. Like, we would see, like, a regular ball python that we would buy, you know, like 10, 15 bucks to resell. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, I have a bumblebee. And at this time there were, I don't know how much money they were at the time. There were thousands and thousands of dollars. So we're like, wow. Like, we just didn't know the combinations, and he would tell us a little bit about it. And that's basically what sparked us. Um, to like get into into that at the time, I ended up buying a lot of actually ball pythons from him. Like uh, I guess from an African shipment, our first one was like we bought two thousand from an African shipment. And at the time, you know, people would kill me now, but at the time, I think we we got like a couple because they would not open the bag, so we got like a couple pastels. What I think at the time was a Mojave. And I think this is actually when Mojave's were like $20,000, but we didn't even know. You know, like we had no idea. We didn't know what to look for. We weren't into it enough at that time. And we had so much going on with, with our other pet, pet shops. Exactly. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> that we missed out on some crazy opportunities just because of our lack of knowledge, you know, and, and actually mm-hmm. ball pythons. So um, what really got me breeding, like uh, started into the breeding instead of the retail, was that one day, um, this was like in, I don't know if this was like 2005 or 2006, I really needed bearded dragons. And um, I was going on Craigslist, and it was the end of the month. There was no bearded dragons anywhere. So I, I, I put an ad up on Craigslist, and I had a little kid contact me. I kid you not, like 12 years old. And he's like, he's like hey, what's up? I have some bearded dragons for sale. And I'm like, okay, cool, what's going on? I'm like, uh, I'm like I want to buy some. And he's like, he's like, okay, they're going to be $100 each. And I'm like, whoa, I'm like, $100 each? I'm like, these things are usually $20, $25, you know, so that we could resell them for $69, $79. And then, and then the kid comes, so he ends up coming to the mall uh, with his mom. <laughs> and this kid is tough. I'm talking about super tough. I ended up giving this kid, I don't know if it was like $3,800 to buy just a small amount of beard dragon. I mean, I'm sorry, not $3,800. It was. I think he gave me um, 20 at, at. He gave me 20 bearded dragons at $90 each. So it was $1,800 cash. 
Wow. You know, this was like a little kid. This was a 12-year-old kid, okay? His mom was not helping him. She just drove him to the mall, you know? And this is like, I'm like, I can't believe I'm just giving this kid $1,800 right now. Is this really happening? So that's where it sparked me into like, you know what? I should be breeding, you know? Like, I'm here working like crazy every single day in the mall. You know, this kid is just breeding him, having fun, you know, making some cool stuff on his own, and he just made a killing, you know, from me, professional, you know. I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. That's what got me basically into uh, Bearded Dragons. So that's when I started nice. getting into that, and, and, and then I started basically breeding the leopard geckos. So that, that's what I started off with. My main thing was Bearded Dragons, and then I started phasing into the leopard gecko market myself. So Hey, John, you used to have a killer line. You used to have a killer line of um, emery, extreme emery and trekkers. Do you still work with them? Yeah. See, I used to have the, I used to have some extreme emerines and some extreme. I used to call them fires, which at the time they were basically like a very extreme line of uh, tangerine leopard geckos, mm-hmm. and they were awesome. But I personally now I, I am only doing bearded. I mean, uh, ball pythons now. So the wow. thing is, like, as, as, as I grew, go ahead. You don't have any of those left at all? I don't have any left. The only other person that would have some, that, that basically I was getting some, he got some from me, um, is, uh, what's his name? He's down here in South Florida. I'm trying to think of his name right now. Rakowski, Mike Rakowski. Uh, so okay, Rakowski, cool. if you contact him, he's doing a lot of overseas stuff. But he, he's a person that has, like, a lot of uh, that, that kind of stuff. And we also – we got him, I think, from Masterpiece Geckos. Masterpiece Geckos, he got out of the business and he moved to Alaska. I think he fell in love with a girl, moved to Alaska. He sold his whole collection and everything, so I ended up getting a lot of cool stuff from him. And I was making some I was making some really cool morphs and combos, you know, did very well at Daytona with everything. You know, a lot of Japanese and Chinese uh, overseas uh, buyers came over, and they, they were buying that stuff up. You know, like I think 2010, I had like a really good year with leopard geckos. And it was like a really hmm. good year. They were looking for them like crazy, you know. Interesting. So that, that's what uh-huh. I started off in. And it, then it phased out into, you know, like me seeing the opportunities with ball pythons and just so many morphs, and it's just easier to hit on the combinations and such that it just phased into, it started phasing me into doing ball pythons as I can have a bigger collection with less time. Because as you know, bearded dragons are, whew, it is a lot of work. You know, like even with a oh, full-time yeah. employee at the time, and then I would have other guys come in just for part-time, it was like, it, it was just too much work for me. You know, really, uh, I yeah. loved it, but it got to the point where you, you do so much that you don't love it anymore. And any time that I don't love what I'm doing, I tend to just get out of it. Even if the money is good, it doesn't even make a difference for me. You know? Well, that's, that, that's a good philosophy. <laughs> and, you know, it's something that, you know, we all are trying to do. Well, a lot of us today are trying to do is trying to make a business out of our our passion and our, out of our hobby, so to speak. And, um, John, what do you think is the – the overall attraction for some of us, like what is it that really draws us to reptiles? I mean, these aren't for everybody, but some of us are really have a almost an obsession with them. Uh, what do you think is What do you think is is doing that for some of us? Oh uh, well, I mean, I think there's a. You ever hear of like when they say like, and I say this to people all the time, like someone got bit by the reptile bug, and then someone mm-hmm. buys like one ball python. And then all of a sudden, like three months later, they have like 20 ball pythons or someone gets a bearded dragon. And then all of a sudden they have 20 bearded dragons or leopard geckos are the same thing. It's like you just can't have one. And it's, 
it's something that I, that, that I believe also goes back in history. Um, you know, like I told you, I, lo- I love esoteric knowledge and things like that. Like if you go back and you pay attention to fraternities, to the kingdoms, into basically the mystic schools, you know, some of these, these places where people used to learn. And if you go look at their logos, and they all have reptile-related uh, themes. You know, for example, go back and look. A lot of things are wrapped up with a snake around them. So they have, like, reptilian descent, you know, just like people tend to, like, be attracted to it. And we have, remember, we have a reptilian mindset. So it's kind of like the evolution of where humans have been, you know, and then the animals themselves and where they go. So we do have the reptilian mindset to a certain degree, but we now attach emotions, you know. So it's, mm-hmm. it's something I think derives from, you know, just the history of uh, that we've basically had had something to to look for, and it's just a mentality that I think people were looking at could be good because a lot of people in history back in the days, they would try to keep their emotions under wraps. And now we're very emotional creatures. If you see reptiles, and if someone says you have a reptile mentality, it's because you're very cold. You don't have emotions. So, I mean, I don't Mm -hmm. know if that's something that that maybe we come and soothe us down or anything, but there's definitely, I believe, something that kind of, like, attracts us. You know, I can't tell you exactly what it is, but there is something there. And, you know, just history shows us that we've been attracted to them for thousands of years. I I think there might even be a a component along those lines where we're um, maybe pheromones that these animals give off may basically have an effect. Do you think it's possible that that could be doing something too? I mean, I, I do believe it because, you know, they don't say that you get bit by the reptile bug for a reason. You know, like everyone that I see, they become, a lot of people become obsessed. You know, they become obsessed for sometimes short periods of time, sometimes a long period of time, but something really attracts us to reptiles. You know, I can't pin it, you know, without having any science backing it, but, you know, there definitely seems to be something that, that gives us an attraction and, you know, kind of kind of like, the, the people that I've gotten into the business, like I have a few friends, um, and I'll talk about later a couple people that um, and friends of mine that I've gotten into the business, they, they really love it, and they're, they're in it hardcore, and they actually had no experience with reptiles beforehand. You know, so it's like, mm-hmm. how does that happen, that you really have no experience of any snakes, of any lizards? You probably maybe even were scared of them. You know, you're actually probably even scared of them, and now you're obsessed. Why? Why is that? So it's a, it's a really good question, actually. I'll yeah, like yeah, and I, I wonder. I wonder also, like statistically, the amount of new people that come and that get involved with reptiles. How many of the new people that are introduced to them actually go on to be really serious keepers and breeders and enthusiasts? And then, you know, as opposed to some that you know get one and then say, "Oh, this is cool," but I'm not really into it, and then don't pursue it any further. I bet you, and just my opinion based on what I see, I bet you more people become seriously interested in them than, than not. What, what, would, what do you think? And that's one of the things that, like, if you, if you go back, and I, I always correlate, like, I'm a bit, I love finance and economics and things like that, and one of the things that I saw, and everyone could see, too, the market really wasn't faced by the economic crash that we had in 2008, 2009. So people wonder, mm-hmm. like, how did that happen? You know, I mean, I think we got a little more affected now that the economy is a little bit down. But during that time, you know, how come ball pythons, bearded dragons, leopard geckos, I mean, I know there was a phase of leos and beardies that had, like, a little bit of a drought, but it did not, did not last that long. So how do right. we withstand those times? And the thing is, you know, I think a lot of people just like the industry. You know, they like to buy these things. They like to have fun. There's a good community, you know, that is growing within that allows individuals to, you know, 
have fun doing what they like, and then they get in there. And, and to say the fact also, I mean, a lot of people do see it as an investment, which also sometimes does attract the wrong crowd, which I tell people always, like, if, you're, if you don't love this business and you're only doing it for the money, when the times are bad, you're going to get out. And I see that all the mm-hmm. time in every sector. I saw it in bearded dragons. I saw it in leopard geckos. I see it in ball pythons now. So you'll see the mm-hmm. individuals that they love it. They will withstand, you know, the bad times where things can't sell. Let's say their collection gets mites. Let's say that they get, you know, sick animals. You know, if, if you don't love what you're doing, when those situations arise, you're going to get out. And I've seen it way too many times. But with the individuals that love it, they continue to do so. And during these economic times, it's kind of like a cycle because one of the things I see a lot is, you know, you have individuals that come and spend some money in ball pythons or let's say leopard geckos and they're buying them from you, um, David. You know, what are you going to do? A lot of times you go and you spend that money back into the market. You know, you make a good deal. You're like, hey, you know what, now I can buy some even cooler geckos. I can make an even newer (laughs) combo, you know, next year. So you go and you, you do it. So it's a cycle oh, yeah. that goes in, and then that money continues circling around. You go into other businesses and such, they take that money, and that's paying their employees, paying this, paying that out, that the money doesn't go back into that business. We have that cycle in our business, which makes it a little bit different than others. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's tough sometimes, and, and there's a lot of people doing it, too. I mean, I encourage people to, to follow it and get involved in it, and um, if you want to take it to that next level, great. Uh, sometimes I think maybe there's too many people, but then again, part of me is like, well, more is better. Um, what do you think? Um, you know, what do you think about, you know, it seems today like anybody that's got a few snakes decides they're going to make a name for that, make a name for their little operation and um, take it to that, to that level. I think that's great. Uh, what do you think? Um, well, like I said, depending on the reasons that they're getting in, it could be an awesome thing. Like, for example, I think, uh, I, and I'm not sure if this already happened or not, but um, we know, like, some of the bigger companies that they're basically providing massive enough, massive numbers of bearded dragons, leopard geckos, and now I think Bill Brandt is getting, you know, don't quote me on this, and I'm not saying that he's not, but, you know, some people say that he was going to get uh, ball pythons into the Petco's or, or the pet supermarkets, and they're like, oh, my God, if he does that. And I'm like, and I tell him, I'm like, why would you actually be, be mad at him when actually this could be a positive thing that comes out of it? Because remember, they, when, the, when the consumer goes over to a pet supermarket or they go to Petco to buy these things, don't get me wrong, they're not buying the best quality items or whatever it might be, but at the very same time and moment, you just made another person aware that there was probably an impulse buying, they're going online, and then they find all of a sudden Facebook or all of a sudden they yep. find you know, my website, your website, someone else's website, these communities, you know, the gecko forums, you know, the bearded dragon forums, the ball python forums. You just opened a whole new world for this person. Do you think that they're oh, going to yeah. go back to Petco and buy another ball python or buy another gecko from them? They, no. Probably they're not. not. Coming back. They're, not go- they're probably not going back. They, they want to find out more. They want to go to the source. They want to go to the breeder. So sometimes when we have these things and people see it as a negative light, they're not seeing the positive out of it which is, you know, you're, oh, you're making a lot more people aware of what it is. And that person that just bought one bearded dragon, one ball python, one leopard gecko, all of a sudden they're going to buy another 20, you know? So it's like you have to see it in a mm-hmm. positive light. That, that could be a great thing that happens. So I do, see, I do see a lot of people, like, getting into it. And I think, I think the more people you have, if there's good structure, you can do it. And the thing is, the more people you have at the bottom levels, 
you know, they will always want to have new things, but will, you know, prices continue to drop? You know, like if we get into the price of things and, you know, if, if people are just getting a little pissed off because some people are basically dropping the prices and such, I mean, you can't really see it that way. You know, you just have to go for the stuff that's rare, you know? So, like, if, you, if, you, if you're in the game for a long time and you have a good collection, you're, you're going for more stuff that other people don't have when you have the things that other people don't, it's easy for you. You know, even if the market is soft, you can do trades, you know, just make sure that you do them with individuals that are, you know, well-rounded, well, individuals that are not going to uh, send you sick animals, you do your quarantine and such, and then you could keep afloat and then continue to do it, you know, and do what you love, you know, but if you're expecting to get money on everything that you do, you know, it's going to be a little hard for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Right, absolutely. Uh, go ahead, Steve. What do you have for uh, John tonight? Um, I was checking out. Um, I've watched your videos and stuff for a while, but um, I was liking uh, some of your world firsts that I saw recently. The Citrus Blast Woma. Oh, you see, yeah, that yeah, was, that, that was pretty is, cool. Oh yeah, that's gorgeous, gorgeous. As, Definitely, like, I did not expect it to come out that way, truthfully. I yeah. had no idea it was going to come out like that. <laughs> oh, I like it. I like it. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, we, uh, we, we've, hit up, we've hit on quite a few. I mean, I know we lack um, the the World of Ball Pythons um, pictures and doing that, which we actually have to. I'm going to talk to my employee and see if we can start getting on top of there. But we, we probably hit on a good at least 25, 30 worlds first, if not more than that, truthfully. It's just oh, like uh, I, I, I'm doing so much, and, like, I feel like sometimes I neglect it, and then some people even – I even posted about it, and people were like, man, what are you doing? you gotta, you got to post on there, you know? And for all that I know, people probably said that they've had Worlds First that they just came out with, and I did it, like, two years ago, and it's like, it's like man, you know what? I, I do have to do it, and I feel bad, but I don't. So that's something that I have to, like, jump on top of. But, yeah, we've, we've hit on a good amount of uh, Worlds First. You know, like, I think I just posted today – like a citrus flame, yellow belly spider. Um, oh yeah, you know, some... I saw that one too. Citrus pastel flame spider, yellow belly. I think it was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah. we we work <laughs> we work with a lot of like the citrus stuff. Um, one of the guys that got me into it. I, I'm in Miami. You know, some people sometimes think I'm affiliated um, with Yellow Belly Ball, but basically he was the guy. He's down here in Miami. And when I first started getting into it, he provided a lot of the ball pythons for me, you know. And, and he, he mentored me in the beginning and everything. If we still keep in contact, we're good friends. You know, but a lot of people, they're like, yeah, you just sell uh, Amir snakes. And people don't realize that everything I have is mine. You know, like I guess it's like people don't know. And then I, I guess I popped out of nowhere. You know, I'm not, I'm not a longstanding like some of these guys that have been here for 10, 15 years. You know, it's just that – when I do things, I do them right, and I have fun, and I make sure that everything is correlated correctly so my collection has grown pretty fast, you know. And um, right. one of the things that people, I guess, they say that that, that function and um, that the possibility of me selling someone else's snakes, that's just not true. People that know me know that. It's just that people just want to say whatever it is since I'm, very, I'm a very quiet guy also, you know what I mean? I'm more like I try to stay in the background. You know, I try not to get crazy involved, but I like to get involved sometimes, especially I do a lot of Facebook, so you'll see me on there all the time debating and such, you know, trying to <laughs> trying to have fun and engage with people because that's what they want, you know. That's what they want now. These days. They want to engage. Mm-hmm. They don't want to just sit and then make a phone call, buy a ball python. No, they want to know more about what's going on, and that's why 
I also should push my videos a little bit more because I've heard a few people, you know, that they, they, they love my videos every time they come out. It's just I've, I've been a little bit slower with it, but I'm going to try to pump them up a little bit more. So if you have any ideas of something that I could do, Steve, I'd be, I'd be all, all ears. Oh, all right. Cool. Cool. <laughs> like ideas for you videos, know, I'm, I'm, I'm always open to that. <laughs> speaking, of, right. uh, speak, speaking of videos, John, um, late, uh, recently you did a great video the market, ball python market in particular, and ball python, well, animal auctions uh, on Facebook and such. Um, why don't we talk a little bit about that? Because um, that seems to be something that causes a little bit of controversy. There's mixed feelings from different people. And um, why don't you expand on your video a little bit and tell us your, your, your impression of what's going on. Yeah, so the reason I came out of that video is because <laughs> – I just saw so many people talking about, you know, what's going on, you know, Facebook itself, the auctions, the ball python market, um, you know, like I have people saying, oh, the sky is falling, ball python market is falling, um, the auctions are killing the market, um, Facebook is the worst thing that could have happened to the reptile market, and I don't have to disagree. And the thing is, I wanted to talk to so many people about it, and I caught myself having so many conversations with so many people. I'm like, you know what? Let me make a video. Because if I don't make a video, I'm going to explain this like a hundred times, and I cannot do that. So I was like, you know what? Let me do it. So I went on, and I, I basically was talking my mind on, on what I think, you know, because I, I come from an economic and finance point of view when I talk about this, but at the same time, it's for the betterment of the, of the whole entire reptile industry as a whole. And one of the things that people have to understand is that, like, like the video, it says that Facebook changed the reptile uh, industry forever, and it's true. Because as I told you before, before you can communicate on forums, you know, that was like one of the best engagement ways to do it, and it's still an awesome way to do it. Um, and then now you have somewhere that's even faster to connect with people, which is Facebook. You know, like I've seen so many people now directly get on Facebook, get into a couple groups, talk to a few people, make friends with people, and they're automatically PMing them. They just, you just brought in someone brand new that it, back in the days, if you go back five, six years ago, they might have been bored with what was going on in the reptile industry. So we're creating a culture. It's almost like a tribe. And then this way you're able to communicate with individuals so fast and get information so fast. It's like the hyper-connectivity is literally changing everything. And it's like two years ago, it, the way I was practicing business was completely different. Like it was completely different. And that's what people have to see. That Instead of looking back from an from a outside view and saying, oh, this is bad, you have to see how can we make it better. So one of the things that happened with Facebook uh, auctions, which is very controversial right now. I mean, there's a lot of talk about it. I think now people are starting to get a little bit more comfortable, but when they first started, I mean, a lot of people didn't like it. Um, ben Siegel was one of the first people to start off with the auctions. And truthfully, I thought it was a great idea. You know, I thought it was really great. You know, so I actually got into it myself shortly after than he did. Um, you know, at first, really, people didn't really care that much about them. It, it just started, it was a little bit later down the road, like a couple years later, a year and a half later, that when you have some individuals, as I think Brian Barczyk talked about it in one of his uh, little um, talks or one of his blogs or such, um, the problem being is that there is some individuals that, let's say that they have, you know, two, 3,000 likes, they do auctions on their page, you know, due to the Google, I mean, the Facebook algorithms, you're going to have actually now, I think, is more, I mean, less. I think Brian was saying it was like 5%. I actually think it might be down to 1% to 2% with the new algorithms that just changed about a month ago. 
Um, so you don't have a lot of people coming in and actually viewing what it is. So then it's something if you have no reserve price and then the, per, the people are bidding on it and then it goes for, let's say, 25 cents on the dollar, then people tend to say, hey, this is the new price, which is not – that is not true at all. Just like if you have auctions on eBay, just because a, a painting that was $1,000 went for 200 doesn't mean that you're going to find it in the store the next day at 200 bucks. So what we need right now – with, let's say the whole entire thing about the auctions is to have kind of a marketplace, which is what I was talking about in the in the actual video itself, is for more eyes to be on top of these auctions because then you'll come to actually a realistic price of what things will be. You know, so at first we can rant and we can say that we don't want them, but the problem is I just launched my website about a, almost a month ago. All right, I spent a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of dedication. And you know what? There wasn't that many sales that came out of it. And I did a lot of marketing. I'm talking about my website was everywhere. Okay, World of All Pythons. I was in uh, uh, Fauna Classifieds, Kingsnake, BP.net. I mean, I, I marketed everywhere, okay? But at the end of the day, people wanted to buy them from the auctions online. That's just how it is. That's how people want to purchase things because they can have fun doing it too. So instead of us trying to figure out, you know, or trying to batter down the people that are doing auctions, because right now, I mean, I really don't know how many people are doing it because so many people are doing it. It's basically becoming one of the new ways that people want to buy it, so everyone is doing auctions. You know, especially, in the, I don't know about the gecko world for you guys. I'm not sure about that, but in the ball python world, it's basically one of the main ways that people are, are basically getting rid of their ball pythons. They're, they go to these auction-like uh, little groups. There's individuals that are doing them on different scales, you know, some people are even buying them and then selling them on their auctions. There's many different ways, but the best thing to do at the end of the day is to get the community together and to see where you can post them so eyes can be there and understand that just because something went on auction for a certain price doesn't mean that that's the new price. But when you're going to give it a little bit of time, and then you're going to see it just like eBay. For example, when I want to find out how much an electronic is, there's two places I go. It's eBay and Amazon.com. Those are the two places mm -hmm. that I go. So ball pythons is going to be very similar. I mean, not, not even just ball pythons, but the geckos, you know, things like that. You're going to go and you're going to see realistic prices based on these websites. It's just, you know, I think I also, um, Justin Kaboka also had a video, uh, little blog that he posted, and even Mike uh, that, that started that new reptile auctions. Um, I, I forget what it's called, reptile ring or something like that. He started it, and he makes a good point there, you know, that they're, they're basically here to stay. So it's just that we have to find a happy medium and understand that we can't have a 1,000 likes on our page and then have an auction with no reserve. You know, there has to be a better way of showing it to a massive, enough, massive number of people enough where you get a realistic price. You know, with Ben Siegel, mm -hmm. you know, and, I, and I know a lot of people batter him down and everything like that, but he has a huge audience. So when you see these prices go on his site, doesn't mean that that's the price that it is, but at least some of the stuff I've seen, I've seen some of this stuff go way above retail, way above retail, where I'm like, holy, holy smokes, you know, like you'll have a, a spider female or something go for $300, you know, when they're going in the open market for 150 bucks, You know, so when you see things like this, it's basically – go ahead. No, I, I was just laughing, but, you know, John, I was thinking um, we've noticed that over the last year or so a huge – price drop in the price of ball pythons. Like, they're becoming affordable. Even forget about the auctions. They're actually becoming affordable to the average hobbyist now. And uh, I think it's a good thing. What, what do you think triggered that? Um, my, my take on it 
is is two things. Um, there's definitely an oversaturation in the market, which I saw coming myself. I, I even told a lot of people, you know, like one of the things I like to do is not only do I study history, I study patterns. So it's a good, if you know history and patterns, you can tell what's going to happen in the future. Um, and I've been calling the ball python market for a while, and that's why I've got into like some really good projects at the times that they needed to, and I've got myself out of some projects at, at the right times. So one of the things I saw that was happening is first is economics. Because we can't just say, hey, this is the ball python market only itself. No, it's not. It also has the economy to do with it also. You know, so there's cycles that I've seen that go with leopard geckos, bearded dragons, ball pythons, chameleons, all of the above. There's always going to be these different points of where everything comes together and you're going to have maybe a massive surge of individuals getting in at the same time. And then you also have the individuals that get in just for the money. And that's what I've seen a lot in the ball python market is I believe – since there's such high-priced uh, ball pythons, for example, there's things that are there's ball pythons that could be fifty to seventy-five thousand dollars each. Okay, even more mm-hmm. based on the scale. Is that that right there is probably not even for sale. And if it was, it would be one hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand dollars if you had actual scalers that Brian Barczyk had. I don't want to price. I don't want to quote his price and such, but I believe that would be the price. Okay. When you have such high-end items, what do you do? You get people that are getting into the ball python industry that do not care about the snakes themselves. What they care about is making a dollar and a profit. So when you have these individuals that are coming in only solely for these reasons, when they're not making money or they're not making coming back, they don't care about the market. They don't care about the individuals in it. They don't care about the people with the vested money. So they are just going to throw prices really low. You know, they can't withhold. And that, one of the things I see, too, which I talked about in my video, is that a lot of people tend to sell. At the, it's just like the stock market. People sell. When everyone is fearful, which was like a couple months ago in Ball Python, everyone was selling stuff dirt cheap. Why would you sell things dirt cheap at the lowest price that they're going to be? And that's what everyone started to do. So that's what you started undercutting each other, undercutting, undercutting. And then all of a sudden, a lot of these items start to come off the market and the prices go back up. You know, for example, the Holy Grail of Ball Pythons, uh, bananas. Those are already going back up in price. I have a lot of people asking me. Uh, the wholesalers that were getting rid of them, they no longer have it anymore because they're going to other countries around, around the world. So people, they didn't want to hold off so they ended up selling their stuff very cheap. So that's one of the reasons there. And just there is a very oversaturated uh, amount of people getting into it that are just caring for the money. So, I mean, that's it's the economy and then those individuals that are just very money-hungry that just don't care and they're, they're willing to undercut the other people around them. So, I mean, I think those are the two main factors um, that has dropped the prices very much. And we needed a correction because I believe also the prices were just too elevated. They were too crazy. They were definitely a little bit too uh, high, and now they're coming down to more realistic terms, especially now you see auctions. Now, as we're going to see them become more relevant, you're going to start seeing more realistic prices because just because you hit on a certain morph doesn't mean that it's going to be $50,000, you know. So you have to see how mm-hmm. much demand is in the market, how much supply is there, and then the real numbers will come to, to play. There's a lot of people upset, though, about that made, like, substantial investments in the bananas, so to speak, and um, you know, I, I don't know what it was, but one year they were what twenty grand, and then the next year they were down to twenty five hundred. Is that what it was? Something like that. Yeah, I mean, and, and Steve, you tell me if you remember, but I actually believe there were like at one point, I think it was in the beginning of two thousand twelve. I think they were like twenty five thousand uh, dollars. Yeah, and then yeah, you know, yeah. That, am I correct about that, Steve? Yeah, that, and 
I, I, I've seen them, I think, a couple of years before that, like 60. So I've yeah, seen, I, like, Nerd. Nerd, I'm pretty sure, had, like, $60,000 coral glows on there. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, no, Steve is on the money. I mean, basically, they I think they started off at a little bit lower, like 50000 then they jumped up to 100000 You know, don't quote me on this, but they were at 100000 There was even a mar- uh, article on, I forgot if it, what magazine it was. I don't know if it was Forbes, but it was a very prolific financial magazine that they were talking about them. They were $100,000. And the following year, as Steve was saying, I think they were $65,000. The next yeah. year, they were 50000 Then the next year, they're 25000 So, you yeah. know, like, and, and people don't realize. I mean, the thing is, if you have a male, you know, like, I guess, I guess greed comes into play, too, um, with these type of things. Because individuals, I mean, if you have a banana, and let's say you got the one at 50000 And let's say even if they were to go down to $5,000, I mean, if he was a decent breeder and you have 10, fe- 10 babies that come out of it, you know, 10, 10 bananas, and then combos would be more, that's like $50,000 by itself at 5000 from a drastic drop, something like it. But, you know, it's, it's just supply and demand. And the reason, I'll tell you why the reason was, this is, this is also, I, I, actually, this is another factor, I believe, that brought down the, the, the market prices as a whole which was um, we lost a lot of, uh, let's just say, hope in the market because bananas were 25000 Actually, they went down to less, I think, $1,200 at the end of last year. So when you have, like, such a steep drop, I mean, it was about a year and a half, um, your people tend to lose hope, you know. So let's say that you're, you're coming in, you like reptiles, and then you want to invest some money into the market, and then all of a sudden you see a banana that was $20,000, all of a sudden $1,500. You're going to be like, whoa, why am I going to get my money into this? If, if that's the case, next year they're going to be $200. You know, so you're thinking about yeah. it, like, whoa. And, and one of the things I believe is that a lot of people got a little soft, especially in Europe. The European market was really, really, and actually still is, but it's getting better, was very stagnant because of these factors. There were some big drops, you know, so the, the banana doing it, but people have to realize and, you know, a lot of people don't see this, and I've explained this to many people so that they can understand. Bananas are made, the ones that are being sold out in the market the last few years have been mail makers. So what, is that, so what does that do? It provides basically two years concentrated into one. So you have an accelerated, basically a morph that is prolific. They're great eaters. They're great breeders. And most of the ones that are coming out into the market are males. And they're co-dominant. They're not recessive. Yeah. So, you're gonna, so you will double the time that it usually takes for a morph to go. So people don't put that into perspective. And it's like, oh, my God, the prices are going down so crazy. Yeah, guess what? Any guy that has this morph <laughs> is going to obviously breed it to his best girls. He's going to concentrate his efforts on it. And then he's going to make a whole bunch of males. Nine, what is it now, Steve? Like 90% of uh, banana male makers I mean, will come out with 90 ba- 90% baby males? Yeah, it's something, something like that, yeah. Yeah, through, through yeah. some of my friends and such, I mean, that has been like the numbers. Usually about, some people say it's even more. So you have now double the amount of males. What do you I've, think is going to happen? I've heard some of them only produce males, you know. Yeah, I've heard, yeah, I've so heard that before, I've heard that, too. I've heard that also. I've, I've heard that also. Some people have, have done only males. And then the people with bigger numbers and such that I've talked to, they've told me that, you know, they're getting an average about one to ten, uh, one female out of every ten banana that come out. So, you know, when you have these type of numbers, it, it basically makes it a little bit more drastic, especially when you have such prolific snakes. So it doesn't mean that the whole market is falling, 
But I think that is also something that, that softened the, the ball Python market because people are like, oh, my God, you know, one week they're 6,500, then the next week they're 5,500, then the next week they're 4,500. And everyone's like, I remember that whole month. Like, everyone was like, oh, my God, what is going on? You know, like, it was just, yeah. it was like, it was like insane. And imagine you have money in your pocket and you're seeing this, you're like, Okay, let me not buy this week. Maybe I'll buy next week. Okay, wait a second. Let me not buy this week. Let me buy next week. You're like, oh my God, what's going on? And that's kind of how it like it, it all basically toned down. And now you see the prices they they went so low. Now they're actually going back up in price, I believe. And then I've seen myself. I've seen for you know we have bananas and coral glows and stuff. And now we're 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 demanding more money now for them, and there's there's more demand. So. I got a question for both of you guys. And first, I'm just going to tell you my opinion on bananas. To me, there was no albino ball python or lavender albino, okay? And we had the bananas all along. And then somebody hatched out the first albino. To me, I think the albino and the lavender albino outdo the, the, the banana any day of the week. I can't get past those black spots. To me... It's like something that just didn't that didn't come out right. It didn't come out right. It didn't cook long enough. Something just didn't work right with it. And I just I just a regular beautiful high contrast albino just kills the look of the banana any day of the week for me. And I and I just don't understand what the craze is for these bananas. It, but that's just maybe it's just me. It's got to be just me. But. This, this is to both of you guys. What is the craze for these bananas? I don't get it. Uh, you know, Steve, do you want to you want to take that question, or do you want me to go? Um, well, my opinion is that just it's because the albino did come out first, and there's so many albinos out there, and there's you know there's not as many coral glows, and that's what's creating the demand for them. Is there's not as many, but but I agree. I like I like the albino better too. But not saying yeah. I wouldn't want. I would. I would still like a coral glow. But <laughs> you know, so my take on it, which I kind of do agree, also at the same time, is timing. You know, timing is one of the things. Um, the second factor, I would have to say that the huge demand in it, also for breeders and not just let's say the common consumer, would be that they're co-dominant, so you can repeat. Yeah. Um, and make combinations very easily. So that's another reason. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'll give you an example. <clears throat> this was um, maybe about a year ago. Uh, I did one of the shows. I think it was the Orlando Repticon, and um, I did it on purpose. I, I Usually the most hot snakes that I would have for a regular consumer, someone that doesn't even know about snakes because they're actually next to a fairground, so a lot of people come over that don't even know anything about snakes. So I did a little trial run, and I put pies, which is, is one of the fan favorites. I put albinos, which is also one of the fan favorites, and then I put a banana, okay? And, and then what I did is I, I wanted to see what was most people going to be attracted to. So who were, who were going to go to what snake? What kind, is it only going to be the breeders that are going towards the banana because it's something that's really hot at the time that it was? Or is it gonna be, or is it gonna be the albinos and the pies, which are usually fan favorites? That's what every time someone sees those, they're like, whoa! So I did that test. <laughs> time goes, and everyone was attracted actually to the banana. Everyone wow. went to the banana. Believe it or not, I, I thought it was actually gonna be albinos because usually that's what happens at these shows. But at this show, people that knew absolutely nothing 
we're attracted to the banana. So the thing is, it's the colors. Because remember, it has not only yellow colors, but it has like a blue lavender color and sometimes purple. So depending yeah. on the quality of your banana, also in the, in the early stages, they can be pretty freaking awesome. You know, like I've seen combinations too. I mean, have you guys seen the lemon blast banana, things like that? It's just, you know, there will be a lot of them out next year. They're a beautiful snake. It was the holy grail for so many years, and I actually still believe it is because there's more demand of that snake than any other snake in the history of ball pythons, and probably snakes, let's just say, in general. I mean, it's, it's, it's insane, and imagine once the prices really go down. You know, but it's the timing, like you guys are saying also. you got to remember, like, yeah. if you saw the – the, if you saw the the regular banana for so many years, you know, continuously, and then all of a sudden that albino popped up, like both of you guys were saying, you guys would be like, oh, my God, forget the banana. Let's see what's going on with this albino, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, is, there a way to, is there a way to line breed those spots out of it, you think, John, in the future? Actually, actually, I mean, I don't know, Steve, I don't know if you know Steve, but uh, I'm pretty sure – that and she takes the spots out of it, and I think there might be other couple combos that you can make, and then it takes out the uh, spots on them. Actually, huh. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm pretty, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that's that Enchi and there's a couple other morphs um, that take the black spots out of them, so you don't have them anymore. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm looking at a banana Enchi right now, and it's pretty nice. And no spots. Yeah, 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 yeah. No spots. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was surprised myself. So, when someone told me. I was like, no way. You know, and I I looked it online too myself. <laughs> Put the link for that in the chat if you would, Steve, so we can check it out. All right. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah, because you know I see them at the shows, and I I've been seeing a lot of just regular bananas, and I don't know, it's just not my face, but I I get it. I understand what you're saying about them. Um, and I guess the combos are is what's going to really do it. And uh, how long do you think it's going to be before bananas are down to $200? you think it'll be next year or the year after? Um, I mean, I really can't tell you what's going to happen in the market. I mean, I don't think that it'll happen next year. Um, I don't know about wholesale pricing and such, but I don't believe that. It's, it's just so high in demand. For example, right now, and even last year, I had um, – Right, basically, when there was at the very beginning of last year, I had people from overseas calling me, asking for pairs, pair a hundred pairs of albinos, a hundred pair of pipes. I called everyone up; nobody had them. Okay, so what does that tell you? There's certain items once they get to a certain price, they are very high in demand. The only differentiation, though, is with the bananas, is that you can make them a lot easier. Okay, so that's that's the only difference, but there's a lot of people that are massively making albinos and pies, but the demand was so high because they reach a price where it's affordable. You know, right now, like, I think the threshold that happened with with uh, bananas and cold glows was 1000 to 1500 Once it got into that $1,000 range, every time you popped up on Facebook, hey, I just bought a banana, hey, I just bought one. You know, every, everyone wants one. You know, so that's the thing. It's like every single breeder does want to have one. Now, when you see these little kids and such, they start to see them at three, four hundred dollars. Let's say, let's say five, six hundred dollars. I mean, they're going to fly off the shelves. It's just how many of them will there be next year? You know, you really don't know because mm-hmm. this is the main project for a lot of people. So it, it's very debatable mm-hmm. what it is. But you know, for people to say like, hey, I don't know if I want to invest in it because if I, if I buy, I'll give you an example. Something happened to me in the past. But you know, it, first of all, you should be doing it anyways 
for for the love of it and having fun. You know, it's like an art form, I believe. You know, but once you come into the economics of it, if you buy, let's say you buy a banana at twelve hundred bucks, okay, and then you're like, oh my god, next year is going to be four or five hundred dollars. How am I going to make my money back? You know, like oh my god, that's basically what I see in that is it's kind of greed because if you have just one clutch of ball pythons, you know, you can average six to eight. Let's say you have eight eggs and just one girl, and you have a have a clutch. Let's say that they're five hundred dollars each. They're they're four hundred dollars a pop. You know, there you go. That's two thousand dollars. Your investment was already paid with just one girl. I mean, how greedy can you get? You know, and then that's only mm-hmm. one female. Males can breed four, five, six girls. You know, without a problem. Doesn't mean that they're all going to take. Depending on how many you breed, you know, you want to make sure that you don't go over and beyond with that male. But, you know, how, how does that work? So what, when people tell me, oh, my God, the price is going to be half of what it is, I give them an example that happened to me. Basically, I bought a champagne, and I think I bought it like it was a breeder size champagne. I think it was, this was a few, uh, two or three years ago, and it was like $3,500, okay? Um, it was like $3,500, and that's when the champagnes dropped drastically in price. Actually, they dropped below 25% of the actual total value of what I spent. They dropped down to $750, okay? Um, I actually made, and this is, and this is, and the male, he was just a very great breeder, bred him to some big girls. I made 24 champagnes. So with 24 champagnes, if you multiply it together to $750 average that I was getting for these babies, you know, that's $18,000 with a $3,500 investment. I mean, that's not bad, and that's with a below. That means it lost over 75% value. So when people tell me, you know, oh, it's a 50% drop and everything, you know, first of all, it makes me think that, you know, are you only thinking about the money? And then second of all, they're not looking at it that if you're doing decently on what your projects are and you're, you're bringing it to a good amount of girls, you can make your money back and continue to excel with your projects and such. You know, like I, I don't see a problem with it. It's just when you have that negative mentality, negative things tend to happen, I, I believe, truthfully. Yeah, you're you're right. You're right about that. All right, um, we're coming to the halfway point, guys. So we're going to take a quick break and uh, uh, hear a word from our sponsors. And uh, so everybody in the chat room uh, during the second half of the show, we're going to get into uh, John's businesses. And uh, uh, towards the end, we'll uh, I think we'll open up the phone lines for you guys. If you guys want to call in and ask a few questions, um, we'll do that. So um, the number to call in is six four six four seven eight five three three one. Again, it's six four six four seven eight. Five three three one. Hang tight, everybody, and check out this plug. Gecko Nation Radio is a David's Fine Gecko's creation and production. You can visit the show's Facebook page at Gecko Nation Radio. I also have a great family-friendly group on Facebook called Gecko Nation. Apply for membership today. Gecko Nation Radio is sponsored by abdragons.com. Is your source for the highest quality doobie roaches. Whether you're starting a colony of your own or just need feeders for your insect-eating herps, abdragons.com can't be beat in quality or price. They are also a huge distributor of FlexWatt reptile heat tape and have very competitive pricing. Check out abdragons.com online and on Facebook. And if you're looking for quality food for your dubia roaches, crickets, mealworms, and superworms, look no further than MS2 Premium Insect Chow. Made with reptiles in mind, It contains no dog food, cat food, or chicken mash. Using only vegetable proteins and high-quality ingredients, MS2 Premium Insect Chow will have your feeders making a beeline for it. Contact ms2ent.weebly.com or 
It can also be purchased at Rainbow Mealworms and AB Dragons. Rainbow Mealworms is the largest worm grower in the world and selling to the public since 1956. If you need the highest quality mealworms, superworms, and crickets for your pets, contact them at www.rainbowmealworms.net. Dale's Bearded Dragons is your one-stop source for any reptile supply products that you may need from Exoterra, Zoomed, Rapashi, Repcal, Fluker, and much, much more, and all at 20 to 50% cheaper than your local pet store or big chain pet store. They are also the biggest reptile supply distributor at most of the Northeast Expos. Contact them directly online at dalesbeardeddragons.com or message me on Facebook and I'll put you in touch with the owner. Gecko Boa Reptiles is your source for the highest quality leopard gecko morphs and wild types, from white and yellows to radars, amazing tremper morphs, and rare subspecies. John is a world-class breeder and extremely knowledgeable. If you're looking for something truly special in geckos, contact John Scarborough at geckoboa.com and on Facebook. All right, everybody, we are back, and uh, this is the second half of our show with John. Before we get started, though, I want to mention that we do have a couple more sponsors. But first, I want to give a shout-out to two of my friends and favorite people at the White Plains Reptile Expo, and that is John and Chrissy from Loki Reptiles. What's up, John and Chrissy? I see you in the chat room. Also see Austin West, uh, Marcy, of course. Thank you, Marcy, for chiming in tonight. It's great. A um, couple guests we have in there. I don't know who they are. You can change your name, guys, and uh, make yourself known if you want, or just be anonymous. That's cool. Um, our sponsors that we've recently added is, uh, number one, Supreme Gecko, supremegecko.com. Wally Kern is very well known for amazing crested geckos, really cool micro, small species, uh, some obscure species that you really don't see so often, um, day geckos, and uh, has a, just a wide array of supplies and feed food for your, uh, for your crested geckos and whatnot. So definitely check out SupremeGecko.com in addition to uh, OhioGecko.com. Fad is very well known for breeding amazing tangerines, um, really cool fat tail morphs like the Starburst and Stinger, and uh, some really interesting snow leopard geckos that he's working on. So check out OhioGecko.com for those uh, types of leopard geckos. And last but not least, Reptiles Express is reptile shipping company in America. Um, number one in customer service, number one in price, have all the uh, shipping supplies you're going to need, boxes, heat packs, deli cups, and um, if you guys are new to shipping, give them a call, become a member, it's free, and talk to Debbie. She'll help you every step of the way in getting started. Um, they're the only shipping company that I use to get my animals to my customers. So definitely check out reptilesexpress.com. All right, and uh, also listen to Herpentine Radio. Herpentine Radio is our affiliate, and they're a great reptile radio show with over two years of archived shows with just amazing guests and personalities and interviews. And, uh, oh, Marty Stauffer from Wild America is going to be on their show soon. So that's going to be really cool. Um, he was definitely one of those people that I admired when I was a kid and uh, grew up watching his shows. I remember the one in particular where he, was, he lived with bears, uh, baby, he raised bear cubs, and uh, it was just an amazing show. But, um, yeah, definitely check that out. And uh, let's go ahead and bring back John. Uh, all right, John and uh, Steve, are you with me? You guys with me? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I'm here. All right. I'm here. What's cool. going on? All right. 
All right, let's get into the second half of tonight's show. And, um, uh, Steve, I'll let you uh, get the first question, if you like, and uh, we'll go from there. Um, let's see. Um, while we were we were talking about World First, do you have any uh, – are you expecting any possible World First this year? Are you looking for um, anything new? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm actually even working with, like, a couple of new projects. I mean – I don't know if you guys ever saw last year I did hit on a new – it was actually just a regular granite line, you know, uh, which I call the marble granite. I think I posted a few days ago, like, what the marble granite did with the Mojave. It was just something a little weird, and when I found out that it's actually – there's a super form, and it kind of has, like, little circles on it. It looks extremely dark, and uh, I think it was at Daytona Reptile. I'm, yeah, that's where it was, and there was Stefan. He's a European – he's a big European breeder. Um, he deals a lot with Noah, which is the the basically the grandfather of the ball python market that's in Ghana, Africa. And um, he told me he had something similar that he calls circles. And um, that was just something I was thinking around with. You know, like a lot of people kind of um, give little mini fits for, you know, dinker projects, but I really like them. And I'm actually working on a few this year that I'm hoping to hit on the super forms. One is a red gene, which is not the red gene that people are working with, with the blackheads that, that came from Europe, but it's one that I just came can buy on my own. Um, something, I have another one that's similar to the Orange Dream projects, which is they're very clean. They're very similar, but they don't look like Orange Dreams themselves, but they're in, in a way they're very similar. So I'm, I'm trying to hit on a super form of that one. My male is actually giving me a little bit of trouble. I have a champagne with this orange color. It looks insane. The morph is awesome. So I'm hoping that it gets back on it. If not, I'm probably going to just have to go for a combo. Um, I'm also look, working on another project, you know, that's very debatable. I mean, I love it. You know, it's the Bamboo Project. So oh, I nice. believe with that one, I'm going to be breeding uh, some more females that are just kind of rare with it. And it really is an awesome gene. You know, you hear a lot of people talk about it and they say, oh, it looks like a lesser. Um, it's a washed out lesser. You know, I have both of them. I should really, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to take some compare and contrast pictures so that people can see it is nothing like it at all. Like when you see, when I, when I post some pictures and you see my male um, next to like a regular lesser, you'll be able to tell the difference. So people that see it in real life, it's much different than just seeing pictures. You know, I mean, the pictures, I, I believe, are not the same. You know, but those are some of the stuff. I'm also going to be hitting on some more citrus combos. <laughs> if you want to know, Steve, <laughs> I'm definitely going to hit on some new ones. I mean, one of the ones that I made um, was the citrus enchi flame. So I was really trying to hit on the citrus enchi flame yellow belly which, like, if nice. you see, like, just the citrus flame by itself, which is, you know, for those that don't know, the citrus is the line of pastel. You know, it's my favorite. You know, a lot of people love it. They see it as, like, one of the elite lines, but, you know, everyone has their own opinion on it. And the flame is a fire line, so it makes black-eyed loosers. Also, when you combine the citrus and flame together, they make an insane combination that is very colorful. So I, I have a citrus yellow black flame now, but I'm going to be plugging into a lot of different combinations which are going to be just very bright stuff you know so i'm hoping nice. that i can hit on i'm hoping that i'm going to hit on some really cool stuff this year you know mixed in with the entry gene so i think i'll have a variety of like worlds first also um when it comes to the citrus stuff you know this year it's, it should be pretty fun i think awesome nice. yeah this, i cool. like this the citrus are real nice anything yeah, with it, it. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, that's the thing. They, they clean up the jeans. They're very bright. They stay bright into adulthood, you know. Like, don't get me wrong. There's definitely variations, you know, just like there is, David, like in geckos. You know, you'll have your high, strong tangerines, and you'll have your weaker ones that are just not as strong. Citrus is very similar. So when you're buying into mm-hmm. citrus, you just have to know quality because just because you have a citrus doesn't mean that it demands such a high price. What I tell people it doesn't matter if it's a lemon pastel, a citrus pastel, a bell pastel, a Graziani pastel. At the end of the day, what's important is quality. You know, so that, that's yeah. what I let, I let usually, usually my quality speak for itself. And I tell people, look, you know, you can't just buy into a morph because it has a name. You know, the quality is very important. You know, like that's one of the things that, that has helped me in the past is that I love the quality stuff. So if, you, if I'm at a show and you and me have the same item, price-wise, and even if mine's a little bit more than yours, you know, the people that are looking for the quality, they don't want to spend that, that extra 200 bucks or that extra $100, that extra $50. It's worth it for them to do it. So people, I see a lot of people that are just going for the most and the cheapest one. They don't realize it actually hurts them in the long run. You know, like I tell yep, people yep. all the time, you know, why are you going to go? This happened, I'll, tell you, I'll give you an example. I had the most beautiful spider albino. Beautiful, and the guy like threw out this like a thousand dollars cash. He's like, "I'll give you a thousand dollars cash right now." Uh, he's like, "Cash money," and I'm like, "Look, buddy, I I have it at fifteen hundred dollars. You know, like I can do like twelve fifty for you." He's like, "I'll give you a thousand dollars cash right now." So he's like, "He's like, okay, you're gonna lose it." I'm like, "Look, I'm like, I can't. You know, I just really can't. You know, I stick I stick by my prices. I not try not try to go and just sell stuff just to sell stuff." So he goes he goes to another table. He buys one. He's like, and he comes back and he shows it to me. And he's like, he's like, I bought this one for nine hundred dollars. And then I look at him and I look at my friend and I tell him, I'm like, look, this. I, I look at the albino uh, spider that he got, and it was horrible looking. You know, so he wanted to save money. That three hundred dollars, he's gonna have an extremely rough time next year actually making you know money that, back that he invested into it. You know, like just because he wanted to save that three hundred dollars when you're making. You know, like five to ten spider albinos. You know, what if you're what if you're losing two hundred dollars a pop? You do the math on that; it's not worth it. And why are you going to get into this if you're not trying to make high quality stuff? You know, so yeah. I mean, that, that's one of the takes that I have. I don't know what you guys think about that. Well, I, uh, I, what I think I, about that. <laughs> I want to just I just want to jump in and say I learned that very quickly that you know the cheaper gecko is not the way to go. In fact. I invested in some geckos that weren't what they were supposed to be and worked with them for over a season or so. Actually, you'll have two seasons before I found out they weren't even what I paid for. And nowadays, I do not play around. And Steve is the same way, I'm sure. We just yeah. buy the best and just make the best investments because you, especially when you go to resell your animals, you want to be able to have that confidence to say, all right, well, this is from this line, this is from that line. And, you know, I've bred this line with this line or I've kept this line pure. I mean, that's really important to the buyers that I want to deal with. Those are the, the people that appreciate the better animals are the people that I want to deal with. Because, you know, what? number one, those are the people that have the money to spend on a quality animal. And number two, they can appreciate what went into that, that animal and the, and the lineage. Right? I mean, wouldn't you agree, Steve? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, with the pastels, I know... I've heard so many people have mixed them, you know, mixed the lines, and I would just assume keep them separate so we know what's what. You know, once you start mixing them, you really don't know, you know, where what it is and where it came from, and 
Yeah, and you know what? That that that's exactly how it goes. I mean, I even learned the hard way myself in the beginning. You know, just like also, it's it's the lack of awareness. You know what I mean? You always have to be hungry for knowledge. And when you when you hear some of these people talk about it, you know, like there's a reason for it. And some of the people that I've seen that grow the fastest in the let's say whether it's the ball python industry, the bearded dragon industry, you know, the reptiles in general, the people that I see grow the fastest are the ones that are meticulous and they want to have high quality because you get separated from the crowd, okay? So this, this is something that I want people to know. You know, like if you really are, remember, one of the things that people tend to forget too, the reason that I call myself breeder circle is because I actually like to help out the breeder. You know, like unlike a lot of people I've dealt with in the past, and this is what happened to me in the very beginning. I had a lot of breeders that didn't want to give me information and they didn't want to tell me what was going on and this. You know, I'm, I'm the opposite. I like to tell people what's going on because it makes me happy, sometimes even happier to see someone, you know, make money off their investment, make really cool stuff, hit on worlds first. And one of the things I would like to tell people, you know, like go for the quality stuff. You know, that's what's going to separate you from the crowd. If you have, if you want to go the cheap route and just buy everything really cheap, you know, you're going to be just like everyone else. You know, if you're meticulous and you pick out the very good quality, you're doing projects that others are not, you will be separated from the crowd and you will be known in the industry. So it takes things like that to, like, really get yourself to separate because sometimes, you know, there's people that come into these businesses and they spend a lot of money, you know. I started with maybe five to 10000 bucks, and I've occurred a pretty good collection, I would say. You know, and I've seen people come in, and I kid you not, a hundred thousand, hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and then all they care about is just getting the cheapest item for the best price, the cheapest item for the best price. It doesn't matter what it is and everything, and what happens to these people? A lot of times, they just go right down, and they end up selling their collections for pennies on the dollar. You know. Mhm. Well, I learned that too. The reason why I named myself David's Fine Geckos is because. My geckos are fine, and I went that extra mile to pick out, you know, the best of the best. And it took me a long time. It took, oh, my God, trying to find and acquire some of these things were so difficult. You know how it is. Some breeders don't return their emails. you got, you got to hound them. You gotta, sometimes you got to beg, borrow, and steal to get some of these genes, you know? Um, wow. It's some of these, not easy. Some of these projects, work. Yeah. Yeah, I, I earned it, man. I earned my, my a lot of my projects here. Some of these things were really tough for me to get, but I can appreciate that. Um, John, why don't we get into some of your businesses here? And you're basically, well, you know, I admire what you're doing, man. It's like you're, you're a busy guy, man. You've got a bunch of different stuff going on. Why don't we talk about, you were talking about Breeder Circle. Why don't we talk about what, it, what, what is Herc Life? What are you, what are you bringing um, to the community with it? Yeah, so that's a new project, though. I'll definitely say I definitely get too busy, but that might not be the best thing in the world. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I do way too much, you know. I put too much on my plate, but I enjoy it. I guess I, I'm like the creation type of guy. Like I like to create things. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, Herp Life is basically a new business that I have with um, – and this is the guy that I was telling you about. This is my partner in Herp Life, which is Joseph Harper. And um, what we did is it, it, it really just came out of nowhere, and it came re- three weeks before uh, Daytona. What I was doing is I was making a shirt for uh, which I call my Pick Your Poison shirt. I don't know if you've guys seen my Pick Your Poison auction. So I have a shirt where I had an illustrator mm-hmm. um, create yep. a shirt with, uh, with a, a lady, you know, a girl, you can say, with her cleavage showing a little bit, a nice-sized white snake around her and her biting into an apple. So I, I love that shirt, the whole concept. So it basically derived from that itself. So me and him, like I was telling him that, 
that I wanted to make some certificates online, and then I wanted some seed cards, and he made a custom template, and then all of a sudden I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm like, hey, I told you about that idea. He's like, yeah, but I just created it. I'm like, you know what? Let's do something. So all of a sudden me and him just started creating um, little identification cards. Uh, we were doing the custom feed cards, which actually, like, through our company, you can literally put your logo. We do it for geckos. We do it for ball pythons. We do it for basically, like, any reptile as a whole. Like, if you, you know how you have your action cards and where your feed cards, you want to know what's happening with your reptiles. We created a nice template where we would actually add your logo and specifications and colors that you want yourself. So we started to get a lot of demand for that, you know. And since I come from a marketing background, you know, we had designs, and then Joe was working in that type of stuff also. We started coming up with all kinds of stuff. We made stickers for the Pick Your Poison Girl. I mean, we have uh, a few products, like, for example, we have a new one that we just created for Apple Computers um, where we created a sticker where it looks like the girl is holding the apple of the actual Apple computer where it lights up. So, you know, we came up with a few different things in that industry where we do it. You know, we're going to be selling Venomite. We will be selling um, ultrasounds, actually, which is becoming very popular. I'm starting to see them a lot more popping up here. Um, we're actually going to try to see if we're going to be able to do something with bearded dragons, leopard geckos, and boas. Right now it's only proven for ball pythons. So, you know, maybe maybe in the future, David, you could probably help me out to see about leopard geckos and such because that, that could be something new also. I don't know how how vital it is for you guys. I know it's a little bit easier for you to tell when the girls are um, going through their different cycles and the bit, and then the eggs inside of them. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the company the company is basically, it, it kind of rubs off a little bit from, uh, from uh, salt life. So it's kind of like a lifestyle. So what we're trying to perceive is basically who is the herper at the end of the day. Who is the herper? Why are, are they in this? And we're actually going to create a, a video, and our site is probably going to launch in about, two months from now, I would say. And um, what mm-hmm. we're trying to just perceive is, is, like, the lifestyle that we are. You know, like, it, when you talk to herpers, you know who's a herper. You know who's a reptile enthusiast and stuff like that. So one of the big hits at, as of this show, we'll go back to what happened through the show, like, three weeks till the show came, and we're like, you know what? Why don't we just come up with an idea, and we'll call it Herp Life, and it'll be the lifestyle of the herper, and we'll sell some of the stuff that we've already created. And then we went on to acceleration mode, and um, we created banners, and we basically created a lot of the products, and, you know, we got mannequins. And this was all rushed. Like, we were, we were working our butts off. We were working real hard, like, these last three weeks. And then we go, and it was, actually, it was actually a big hit. I mean, people love this stuff. I mean, one of the popular items that we had was the Herp Life decals. You know, so the Herp Life decals is somewhere where you can put in the back, very back of your car. You can put them on the back of your laptop. You know, and then a, another fellow herper could be like, hey, herp life, what's going on, man? You know, like I've already had someone tell me that they were uh, at, where was it? They were stopping, shopping, I don't know if it was Publix or something, and someone actually came up to them and talked to them because they saw the herp life sticker on the back of their thing. So it's an association of fellow herpers. So That's I think, cool. I think it's going to be pretty cool where you can basically associate yourself and, hey, what's going on? Oh, you got that online. Oh, I went to herplice.com. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. So it's like it's an association <laughs> to let others know. You can wear the shirts. We're probably going to have some other shirt concepts. So it was basically it came. It wasn't even planned. It was just like something that kind of just happened. <laughs> you know, it, it was pretty crazy. I like it. I think it's a great yeah. idea. You know what? I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now, if you, if you can come up with a – I don't know, like a like an index card size sticker that is that I could write on and 
wipe clean and re, you know, like basically it's that with a, you know, a Sharpie or something, but then I can wipe it clean and, you know, make adjustments to it. I'll take 500 of them and put on all, all my gecko tubs so I can keep track of things. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we we have the we have that, but it's a, I think it's a four by six. So I don't know if that's too bit too big for you, but our that's the one that we have, and you actually can wipe it off and then wipe back on because we use uh, it's it's like a silk, but it allows you to write on it. As How much? What are the oh, prices nice. for for people? What what do you, what do you, what do you charge for this? Um, truthfully, I I don't know exact prices right now, but it also depends if you want to have them custom made. So we have the regular ones, and the prices are they're pretty good. I mean, I think I think it might not even be that much if you want to get the custom ones done. I think for five hundred, mm-hmm. the custom ones you know can range from three hundred to three fifty, but the non-custom ones, I mean, I think we might be doing maybe a hundred and fifty to two hundred bucks. You know, and these are these That's are basically bad. very they're customized, and I mean we they're very good quality. You know what I mean? Like they're they're basically index card size with pictures with color color photo pictures on them and everything. I mean, actually, I think mm-hmm. you can go to Herp Life uh, Inc. or Herp Life on Facebook, and we might have some pictures on there for you guys if if anyone wants to check it out and see if I can pull it up and see if I can put it into the chat for you guys. So we we really haven't marketed this one either. So, but you could oh yeah, you can see it on there. You can see the index cards, and then what we also have is the clutch ID stickers. So those are pretty popular too. So you'll see actually there's okay. a couple couple customers uh, of ours that also put them on their cars there. <laughs> if you check it out. Oh yeah, look at that. That's really that's really cool, man. That's like I like that. Uh, you know, that's that's ingenious actually. It's simple. You know, it's like something like well, why didn't I think of that? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, I've actually had two people tell me already. They're like, "Man, I thought of that idea already, man." I, I know. I, he's like, "I can't believe you did it first. I'm like, "I'm like, hey, you know, sometimes, sometimes ideas are great, but action is better." <laughs> well, you know what? You, know? you better, you better get prepared to be copied because there, every time there's a good invention, it gets copied by, by uh, somebody else. So you know. Oh yeah. Just one yeah. Of those things. Oh. Big time, big time. No, I, and what we're I'm doing the, right I'm now, I'm the type I mean, of guy that goes for the original, though. Yeah, yeah. So, so we did it. I mean, it was very original. We came up with that logo. Like, it was really fun doing that logo. You know, that font is basically um, one of our main designers that helps us out with it. He did a freaking awesome job. You know, like, that font is very custom. He made it. You know, we came up with the reptile eye. I mean, we had a lot of different designs, but we wanted to portray the reptile industry as a whole. So like we thought the eye was like a a good way of doing it. I don't know if what you guys think about that. No, I think it's I think it's it's like the eye of Sauron yeah. kind of like you know. It's yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like, I like it. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. So it's, I think it's gonna be fun. We're gonna create. We're gonna try to create some hype. We actually have a video. Um, I'm not gonna talk too much about it. I don't want to ruin the hype. Um, but we have a little video that we're gonna be doing that's gonna come out. Um, and it's gonna it's gonna be fun, you know. Like it, it's 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 pretty cool, and I think I think it's gonna help excel and create a better community for all of us, and help us stay like engaged with each other and connected, you know. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's that's awesome, John. Um, yeah, wow, look at these stickers. These are these are great. I mean, you can you can just I like the fact that you can wipe them off and and then uh, you know rewrite on. They're rewritable, I guess. Um, and yep. I can you yep. remove exactly. them? Exactly. I mean, don't use stuff? like don't use permanent marker and such. But I even think maybe even permanent marker might be able to come off if you. I don't know if you've you've seen if you do permanent marker on a tub, 
and then you do the erasable marker, you can erase the permanent marker. I don't know if you knew about that. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, now, let me ask you this. If, uh, if you apply these to a tub, are they the type of sticker that comes off, or once it's on, it's on? No, this is the one that if you have it on, it's on. I mean, you'll be able to get it off pretty easy, but this is not the kind okay. that you just gently take off of it. But it's not okay. like the ones that stick on it really hard. So if you apply water, okay. they come off pretty easy. We've already tried gotcha. it. A couple, a couple people that have already told us about it too. Nice. So, well, That's cool, man. Well, yeah. So I guess yeah, it's no, being no, well received I pre- I appreciate so far, it. It's huh? been a lot of work. <laughs> huh? It's being well received, I guess, huh? Yeah, I mean, people actually went wild when we came out in Daytona and then we started sharing the information. I mean, way more. I mean, me and Joe really didn't expect it to be, you know, what it is and what it's turning into. You know, like now we're actually aggressively pursuing and spending a, a decent amount of money um, into the website and this, and this little marketing campaign that we're about to go through and uh, the video itself. So it's like an animation video. So we, we definitely didn't expect to, to go this route, but, I mean, people received it very well. People loved it. You know, people want more. We're actually, um, just so people know also, we're actually going to create uh, an affiliate program. So basically, um, I don't know if it's going to be the first, but it's going to be basically like a, um, what's the name I'm looking for, when a corporation goes and they, they allow the smaller uh, businesses to take hold and business owners to take it. What is it? What is the name of that, guys? What am I looking mm-hmm. for? I'm not sure. I'm not a marketing yeah. guy. Well, yeah, I'm not sure. It's, it's, kind of, it's kind of like an affiliate thing, but basically we're going to allow individuals, let's say, for example, someone's in Chicago, someone's in L.A., um, we'll, we will basically charge them a one-time fee to receive um, different type of products. We're going to give them banners, and then they will be keyed into certain zones, let's say zones or the shows that they might want oh, to go licensing? to. Oh, licensing? actually. In a way, it's licensing, but it's the other word. How can I not think about this? I must, I must be too tired for today. Daryl just texted um, me and said it might be licensing. Yeah, it's, licensing. It's, it's basically very similar. So all it is is you're getting a business to come in, and they're going to be doing business as Herp Life. We're going to provide the marketing, you know, websites and such. But you'll be able to mm-hmm. come in as an affiliate and then go ahead and sell our product on your tables and actually be able to make money. We believe that this is going to be – something big and an easy sell that um, we're going to want people and basically reps to basically sell on their own. So what you do is we'll have different, um, basically different levels that you can get Franchising. In and that's it. Yeah, franchising. Bam. There yeah. we go. Woo. That's Daryl. <laughs> Thanks, Daryl. There you go. There you go. We're going to be, we're going to do franchising basically for Herp Life. So, so if oh, you want, let's say I you love the it. product so, go ahead. I want to do it, John. I want to be a franchiser. Yeah, I mean, hey, look, I mean, what we're doing is, you know, and, and people can be open to this. We're going to start talking about this a little bit later. Um, for a certain amount of money, you'll be able to take a certain zone, so people won't be able to overlap each other. So certain, let's say that you want to do two or three shows a year, you tell us which mm-hmm. one it is. We send you a package deal of shirts, a whole bunch of uh, different things, and then from then on, you go ahead and we provide the banners for you because, remember, we, we have a marketing background. We are going to do all the hard work for you already, and then, boom, you just set up a table and you're good to go. And you already have a name. 
we provide like all the marketing beforehand, and then you just go ahead and sell, and you can make a profit and have fun at the same time. I mean, everyone that I, has there's been one of our friends, at Action Reptiles, that he was he was selling some of the stuff, and he was doing pretty well. He actually was saying that he was selling more of uh, some of the products than he was some of his uh, reptiles. You know, and that that's an awesome guy over there, Patrick Jackson. He he's one of the guys that he's like, hey, you know what, bring it on, and he had. He, it was very well received, and I think this was, I don't know if it was in Massachusetts, he's, he's over there in that area, so it was very well received when he did it, and he didn't really have any banners or anything, so now we're trying to take it a step further and help you market by pr- creating all that stuff for you beforehand so that all you have to do is set up and then, boom, come in the door, and then you can go ahead and sell some of these products. You got two new customers already. You got me, you got this guy. Uh, Daryl, he's a he's a big uh, fan of the show, and he's a he's a new gecko guy coming on the scene. Um, I think it's I oh, think cool. this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's gonna it's gonna be fun, and you know we'll we'll basically tell you how it works, and you know how we did at the Daytona Reptile Expo without really knowing what's going on. I mean, now we know a little bit further, and we didn't even have some of the products we have now. I mean, I think it's gonna be people are gonna make some good money. And have fun. I mean, and it's a great way to market your own business. You know, like, so if let's say you have your business side to side with Reptile Webmaster, I mean, uh, Herp Life, which is how I did it. I had Breeder Circle on one side and then the Herp Life on one side. I mean, we had a ton of people. So what I did is a lot of people that came to buy some reptiles from me, hey, check it out. I'll give you a free sticker on the other side. And all of a sudden, they're like, oh, free stickers. Oh, my God. Oh, look at this. And then all of a sudden, they're coming out purchasing, you know, the the decal, a T-shirt, and basically everything else. So it, it, it works hand-in-hand hand for anyone that's in the reptile industry. And you get to meet a lot of fun people because, you know, sometimes not everyone is into geckos. Sometimes not everyone's into ball pythons. Sometimes not everyone's into bearded dragons. But everyone mm-hmm. is into being in herpiculture. It comes to these Right. Shows, you know? Absolutely. No, that's that's cool, man. All right. Um, now, what is what's going on with Reptile Webmasters? What are you doing with that? So, um, yeah, as you can see, I, I, I get my I have a handful of stuff going on. <laughs> um, Dude, yeah. So how do you do it all? <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, man. I, I just I, the thing is, I don't know what it is with me. It's like I can't stay still, and I have to be doing things I love to create. And it's like I see these really cool opportunities, and they're fun. And since I'm in the the, the real reason I got into the marketing and uh, web design, graphic design, actually was because I got screwed over so many times. Okay, and it actually has to do with Breeders Circle. Um, um, down here in Miami, I've used different people to help me out. And when I was younger, I did take a couple web design classes, you know, just for fun. It wasn't something that I was like, oh, man, I want to go into it. And um, it was just a good foundation. It was fun when I did it, but it wasn't something that I was truly seeking for. Um, but then mm-hmm. when I was starting Breeder Circle and I had a, another little business on the side, I had a guy that was helping me. And I gave him, it was supposed to be $1,000 for a website and some other stuff that he did. I gave him $500 deposit and he disappeared on me. You know, so like that was oh, one wow. of the cases. There was another wow. guy where it was $200 or something like that. And then that guy like disappeared on me or he didn't really disappear. But it was more one of those things where he um, just didn't get the work done on time. He wasn't doing it right. And I was like, it was such frustration from my end. I'm like, I'm like, man, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do this on my own. You know, like if these guys can't do it, you know, there's people from around the world that are hungry right now. Um, there's a book that I attribute to, to what I'm doing with that because I actually work with people from around the world. You know, there's a lot of people I do like to work with here in the United States, but actually when you can mm-hmm. outsource some of the stuff to other places and these people are really hungry. You know, that's one of the things I see. People are hungry, and it's, it's a book called The World is Flat. 
And Thomas Friedman, which is the author, he basically uh, showed us on how this globalization is going to help people but those that are looking to, to go that way. And if you keep your businesses, as we're seeing, you know, don't get me wrong, I would much rather hire here in the United States. But the problem is it's so hard sometimes to find people that are very hungry and are willing to do a lot of work. And I, I've gone through so many employees and so many people, like when it comes to the marketing and design here in the United States, that right now it's good for me to actually outsource some of my stuff to people from around the world because they're there for you. They want to do the best. They graduated top of their class, and they can do it at a cheaper price. I mean, it's, it's basically the way of the future. So a lot of people have to see that. That's going to be happening a lot in ball pythons and bearded dragons, leopard geckos. You're going to see the interchange of reptiles throughout the world start to become pro more prolific, which is good for us, as a matter of fact. Some people might see, like, oh, man, it's not good for the reptile industry. Actually, it is. Our prices are a lot lower than they are around the world, so we're a hub. That's why you'll see a lot of these bigger breeders selling stuff, including myself, selling stuff to China, to Japan, to Germany, to U.K., to Argentina. You know, so, like, they're actually helping us out. The globalization of the world is actually helping us because I, I'll tell you right now, and this is 100% that if we did not have globalization, the prices of the market would be at least half, if not 25% of what they are right now. No joke. Wow. If, if, if it wasn't because of these other countries buying up the stuff we have here, I'll tell you guys right now, it would not be anywhere near what it is today. It would not be. Well, that just goes back to what I said in the beginning. Like, you got to either, if you can't evolve with the changes, if you can evolve with the changes, you're going to be, you're going to succeed. If you're stuck in the old ways and you're not going to want to change, there's, there's no room for success. I don't think. Is that pretty much what Amen. you're thinking, no. too, John? I, I, I agree a thousand percent. And that, that, that's what keeps a lot of people from excelling today, is that they're stuck in the old way of how the reptile industry used to function. You know, like I made that video, and I think I made some good points. I had a lot of good commentary from individuals, even some people call me. You know, it's like you, you basically told it how it is. You know, like, like the, the whole market is changing. A lot of stuff are going to Facebook, social media in general. It's not even just Facebook. I mean, Instagram is becoming very popular also. Um, and that's what people want to do is, like, they want to have engagement at the end of the day. So these individuals are just pushing pushing to, to stay away from that, or they're pushing, you know, we hate the auctions. We don't like Facebook because of the prices are going on there. You know what? This is where it's going. You know, if you want to stand there and just complain, you can do that, but there's nothing really that's going to change it. You know, there really is nothing. Unless someone's doing something illegal, okay, illegal, there really is any – there's nothing you can do. So what do you do? You come up with strategies that can help that market, that is that newly emerged market. It, that it's coming up, you can do things to help it out. You know, if people see bad things with the reptile auctions, for example, you know, find a way that we can actually make it work where maybe there's people that are just watching over and there's people that are actually coming all to one place, you know, so that everyone gets to see what's going on. Because if you have them in little distributed places around the market, you are going to see prices that are very high sometimes and very low sometimes. So we must evolve, like you're saying, David, for sure. Yes, absolutely. Um, go ahead, Steve, you take the next question. Oh, let's see. Um, well, I don't know. I, I, with the market, I've noticed that, um, you know, in the last few months that 
everybody's just been dumping them. I look at it as, you know, you know, not dumping them, but, you know, prices are so low. I look at it as opportunity for somebody Ooh. like me. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, it, it's, that's a great, that's actually a great question. To me, that's question. how. That's a, great, how. that's a great question. And I, I was actually talking, I'm, I'm not going to name his name, but I was talking to, like, one of the biggest uh, ball python breeders um, in the country the other day about that subject and we were talking about you know all these people that are getting rid of stuff dirt cheap prices you know like we're not going to say dumping and we're not going to say crazy low because they're not they're not that low you know what i mean but what happens is during these times um where everyone has hatchings at the same time you have the economic factor because remember it's not just reptiles this is the economy as a whole that is not doing so well so when you have that factor that comes into play um, I see a lot of people selling off their collections because of that, so it, it, it kind of creates a domino effect. But for the people right now that are getting in, as I was talking with this big reptile breeder, right now is the best time ever. Yeah. There has not been a better time that since I've been in the since, since I've been doing this. This is this right now is the best time to get into it because of the prices are just so low. So what happens, because everything goes in cycles. Like I was telling you guys, it's kind of like the stock market. In the stock market, we have something that's called a correction. Okay, and a correction means that it's usually a 20% drop or more in the market value. Okay? We had, in ball pythons in general, and I know there's another few different reptiles that have done the same, um, was what I call a super correction. So basically there was a very steep fall. But what happened what has happened in the history of the stock market after there is a crash, after there's a collapse, after there's a correction, let's say? What happens? It goes right back up. Yep. So the individuals that, are, that have money at this very time and moment right now can do great. You know, unless there's actual collapse in the economy itself and there's something crazy else that's going on, you know, which is a rare fashion, you know what I mean, to happen, guess what happens? You're going to do very well because you're getting in at these very – crazy prices and the great thing is these these prices right now that we're seeing is getting all the people that were very money hungry out and who comes yep. in is the, the the people that stick with it that love it are the ones that are staying in it and then the yep. new individuals that are looking to get in it for the love and then you know even if someone wants to have have a good fun hobby and have opportunity and make a little money on the side you know, they can come in yep. right now, which is a great time. There really is no better time that I can remember that you could get in at such crazy prices. You know, as I was speaking yeah. with this individual, we, we were talking about it deeply about it, and it, it makes total sense. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Wow, that, was a great, that, that was a great question, Steve. I mean, that, that that's how I definitely feel right now. You know, some yeah. people are like, oh, my God, you're just like, ugh. That's, you know, but yeah, you can get in low, at a great low, Locally where I am, that's how a lot of people are right now is, Oh, I gotta sell. You know, every everything's so low. I gotta sell now before it goes lower, and they're basically just totally getting out of it. You know, and see, and, and one and one of the I'm hanging parts in there. So <laughs> yeah, hey Steve, hang in there. Especially one of the things I see that makes absolutely no sense to me is people selling their big females. You know what I mean? Like they're yep. selling off their whole collection, the big females. During breeding season, I mean, come on, are you serious? Like, it's, I understand the people that do need to have, like, they lost their jobs and they have absolutely no other routes. I mean, even me, I'd, at this time, I'd find the money somewhere just to stick yeah. with it. Because what you could do, let's say if you're that desperate and you need it, I mean, stick it out for a little bit, you know, sell off a couple of your big girls, 
sell off one of your males, you know, just to have a little money to sustain, and then breed the stuff that you have so you can accelerate forward because you're you're in breeding season. Like, how, who would sell their stuff during breeding season? And and what I'm yeah. finding is that a lot of people are doing that because of these prices, which is based on fear. And fear is the greatest motivator than than anything else out there. Fear has been used in history to move nations, to move the masses, to move uh, markets. So every time you see it in, in the stock market itself, when do people sell the most is when, the, when, when they're at the bottom, the bottom of the bottom. You know, so like these yeah. people, instead of sticking it out, they wait another couple of years, they would have doubled or tripled their money. And instead yeah. they don't want to stick it out. I, I actually had some adult females that I, I was selling that I was like, yep, never mind. I'm keeping them now, you know, (laughs) just before (laughs) all the prices really started dropping. I was like, yeah, no, I'm keeping them. (laughs) So forget that. Yeah, And that's the thing. I mean, think about it. Why would you, you know, Warren Buffett has one of my favorite quotes. Okay. And he says, he says, buy when everyone is scared and sell when everyone's elated. You know, like I think his positivity was quote was a little bit different. But basically, he's telling you, he's like, when people are scared and when people are in the most down, like, oh, my God, I have to sell, that's the best time to buy. And then when the people are like, oh, my God, the market's doing the best right now. This is crazy. We're making so much money. We're, we're doing stuff without even having to do it. That's the time to sell. You know? <laughs> so, like, people have it the opposite way, which is based on emotion, which is away, actually, from the reptilian mindset. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, the reptilian mindset is not emotional. You know, this is like an orchestrated reptilian reptilian Mm -hmm. mindset. (laughs) (laughs) And if you know know it, if you realize it, if you understand it, you'll do well. And that's basically what it is. And, you know, they don't teach you this kind of stuff in school for a reason because they want to make workers. They don't want to make, you know, people aware of really how these things work. And uh, it really isn't. It's really not that difficult to learn. Um, you know, you could you could learn business and marketing in in a couple of years of school. I mean, you did it, right, John? You went to school for it. Yeah, I mean, I went to school for, it, but truthfully, I I dropped out. I, I really dropped out because I found other opportunities in other places. I mean, most of my knowledge and skill is self-taught. You know, like I just mm-hmm. had a good had some good mentors. You know, on my way and such, and I, I'm just basically a seeker. You know, so, like, if, if you do want to accelerate in this world, I mean, you do have to learn. And you have to be associated with good people around you, you know. And it's, it's not even the sum of the five people that you're with that makes who you are anymore. It's actually the sum of the five things you do most because it has switched. You know, like even Einstein talked about it where basically the association of technology is going to take us away from social interaction, and that's exactly what it's doing. So no longer is it the five people that you associate with more because you actually spend way more time on your phone, on the radio, on your TV. So whatever you find yourself doing more TV-wise, let's say you're doing uh, watching, t- uh, watching TV on the radio, um, let's say Facebook, you know, your friend's feed coming up, that's who you are. So we are enviro- you know, uh, we're environmental creatures that we mimic everything around us. That's what we do. That's what our bodies are programmed to do. You know, scientifically, that's when we come into this world and we start automatically mimicking everything around us. So everything that is around us is going to be basically a portrayal of who you want to be. So if you want to be a certain person, what do you do? You surround yourself by it. So that how I know who someone is is, let's say I go to their house, 
Let's say they have some books of Einstein and such. That's who they. That's the type of people and the type of things that they want to be around. If they have a whole bunch of reptile books and they have reptile cages everywhere, that's who's the type of person they want to be. That's how you can associate someone to who they are. But, you know, knowledge doesn't come only from the school system itself. I mean, the school system, as you mentioned, you know, Henry, it wasn't Henry Ford, it was uh, Rockefeller, said he said, I don't want a nation of thinkers, I want a nation of workers. He's also the individual yep. that was, he founded the Board of Education. So people must understand, you know, the schooling system is good. Don't get me wrong. Universities are awesome. It's good to have your degree and everything. But you have to be aware and ask questions about everything. You have to question everything around you. The people that ask the best questions are the people that get the furthest. So, and that, that's, that's one right. of the great things in the reptile industry itself. You have to ask the right questions. If you're buying a snake, you have to ask the right questions. If you're buying a gecko, you must ask the right questions because if not, you can get in a lot of trouble, you know, if you don't know if a, if a snake or a gecko has been sick. What lineage does it come from? You know, what is the current size? How old is it? Because just those two questions right there, if you, if you have a gecko that's two years old and it's at 40 grams and it's a big adult female that is supposed to be ready to breed, you're like, wait a second, shouldn't she be a little bit bigger? Why is she so small? You know, why is this ball pipe on that's only 800 grams female and she's three years old? You know, asking the mm-hmm. right questions will tell you more and you'll have a bigger awareness that'll tell you, wait a second, something is not wrong, something's not right with this purchase I'm about to make right now, you know? That's that's so true. And, you know, I say it a lot that I found the best people in this by getting screwed over by all the bad people. And it's, you know, I think what you're saying about like-minded people uh, basically aligning is, is and congealing is that's, it's, it's you know, you got to go through the, in order to find the good, you got to go through the bad sometimes. And, and you, But you can't take those bad experiences and, and let that bake you down because that's just part of the experience. And, it's it those bad experiences are are the steps to the good ones and you have to realize that and not be upset about it. So I don't you know, I'm I'm exactly. thankful. Exactly. Amen to that. Yeah. Amen to that, man. Yep. Right. It's, and, and people and, and, I hear that all the time. And you gotta see the glass half full, man, not half empty. <laughs> uh, you know, the success of this show is because of a of a failure in of the last one. And this would have never came about if I didn't make mistakes with the last one and it's just i don't know it's <laughs> exactly. amazing how yeah. life works <laughs> yeah right yeah. I, I, think, agree. <laughs> I, I agree i agree i agree i agree 100 percent on that 100%. didn't thomas edison yeah. say that i failed my way to success isn't something like that <laughs> he he tried 10,000 was it over 10,000 times well him and his and, and the people that work for him including uh, Tesla, which people don't give into consideration much, but um, he failed with the light bulb over 10,000 times. You know, if he didn't <laughs> fail 10,000 times, he would have never been able to come up with the light bulb. You know, think about that for Amazing. a second. Failure yeah. breeds success. Failure breeds success. People don't realize that. So that's, true. That's, the, that's the correlation that I tell you that when, and I tell this to a lot of people when they're getting in, so if, if anyone's listening and they're just getting in, this is very important. Um, most people that I know and they're very successful in this business and that love this business, they breathe this business, they actually had very rough times in the beginnings, very rough times. I mean, me, myself, I mean, I had some very rough times, you know, like where I've had all kinds of problems pop up, you know, and then at the mm-hmm. time I, I would be like, oh, my God, how could this happen to me? And, you know, now looking hindsight, it's like, wow, that, that because of that, Thing that happened to me, it pushed me to do this. And now that thing bad that happened to me, it pushed me to do this. 
and it's basically like an evolution and an acceleration. You know, my knowledge base is so great now because of all these mistakes that I made in the past. You know, when mm-hmm. people talk about these mistakes, take heed to them because sometimes it's better to learn from others, other mistakes than to make them yourself, but you have to see them in a positive light. Yeah, you know, that's absolutely right. Great. Yeah. Yeah, mis- mistakes so, are a good thing, yes. As long as you learn from them. That's, that's the problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, you got to learn. Here's a, here's a little thing we could touch on. Something I read recently, John, and uh, I'm sure Steve is aware of this concept too. Um, with, the, with the breeding of reptiles, and, and you, you made a good point about how if you don't really love this and you're just in it for the money, that you're not going to be able to weather the bad times and, and you'll, you'll be there for the good times, but you're not going to be able to stick it through. So with that theme, so to speak, um, I've seen something, I forget who made the quote, but recently someone in the reptile community said that with every sale, with every customer, you're creating your own competition. And I, I don't necessarily subscribe to that theory. It's per se the way it's, the way it's said, but you know, in, a, in, a sense it's, in a sense it's true. What are your feelings about that particular statement? I've, I've heard that before, and I've actually talked to a lot of people that when they sell, they don't like to sell to the locals because that'll be that'll breed their competition. Um, mm-hmm. I actually don't align with I actually don't align with it in in essence because it's all about perception. You know, if your perception is that you're breeding competition, then you're breeding competition. You were, you really are. But if you're mm-hmm. one of the people that have that positive mindset and when you get another customer, for example, what I do with a lot of people and it has helped me, okay, I, a lot of people, that's why they, they think uh, that, that maybe I'm aligning with another big breeder or something because I've grown so fast in this business. And it's, it has nothing to do with any of that stuff except the positive mindset and actually helping others. So when, when I give a snake to a customer, I try to create a good relationship, actually help them breed, and guess what? Later down the road, which has helped me so much, which I think this has been one of my greatest accelerators, is to help others because you know what? That guy that I helped out before, he's going to help me in the future. And I have plenty of people right now that I helped out in the beginning stages of their breeding process, whether it was bearded dragons, leopard geckos, or ball pythons. And these individuals have helped me. And how do they help you? Like one of the questions you may ask. Sometimes they don't have the gateways that you have to sell stuff. So, for example, you know, if they can't get rid of their stuff, hey, Jonathan, I have an extra 20 bearded dragons, leopard geckos, ball pythons. Can I wholesale them to you? You know, I don't mind wholesale them because, you know what, I'm going to keep a couple to the side. I'm going to retail them myself. And then this way you're going to help me pay for my expenses. I made a decent amount of them that I'm going to be okay wholesaling them to you. And then I'll have the other consumer, you know, sometimes overseas, that I can get rid of them for them for them at the same time, okay? Then when it comes to problems and, you know, problem solving, you can help each other out by helping that person. If you see them as competition, you know, what, what is going to happen? You know, if you see someone as competition, pretend there's two people in one state that have, let's say, a banana ball python. No one else has it, okay? And this is not a manipulation right. of pricing and everything like that. As some people see that it's the mindset. It's all in the mindset. You can, if you have a rare item, let's say the banana, and then let's say he was your competition because you sold it to him, and now you think he's your competition. What are you going to do? You're going to see his price at, let's say, $1,500. You're like, you know what? I'm going to sell it for 1250 then he sees you as your competition because you just undercut him, and then you're selling it all of a sudden for a thousand, and then it goes back nine hundred, and then eight hundred, and all of a sudden you guys are down to eight hundred. Someone <laughs> comes and buys both of them, 
and you guys just lost $700. If you guys were to stick it out and go, hey, you know what? I'm going to price my snake at $1,500. Let's stay around the same price so that someone comes. There's not, there's not any of them out in the market. This is a good price. The demand is good. It's beautiful. I really do believe the value of the snake is $1,500. You both stick it out, and, and you will find that someone will come and basically buy them both. You know, they will. If the yeah. demand is high enough, and you can do that. And that's how you can help each other out by doing things like that. Now, if there's other market, other people in the market that are selling them at a cheaper price, that's a whole different ideal. But I've seen that happen so many times where people just see each other as competition, and then they end up battering themselves down, and then they're just sold out. You know, I've seen it happen so many times where it's like, why would you sell them at a certain price and then just see them gone? Like there's, a, there's an individual that did something like that in the ball python market, where he basically went down from the price. I'm talking about a 50% drop automatically. There was none on the market. He just wanted to get rid of them just because he's like, I don't care. And get, he sold them all within 48 hours. He's like, oh, yes, I sold them within 40 hours. Buddy, you know, you could have got a lot more money if you just had your patience. There's no other ones in the market. So a lot of people tend to kill each other, you know, before even really knowing. They kill themselves before even knowing. You have to gauge the market, you know, and then look at the investors that get in too. You know, I'm very mindful of the investors that get in because I want anyone that comes in not only to have fun, but I want them to actually be able to reap a, a return whether they want to just advance their, their collection or if they just want to little, put a little money in their pocket and, and make really cool morphs, you know, get into the next thing. You know, like I like seeing that. It's more enjoyable to me to see others that I've helped out in the past do well than it is to see myself do well. It really is. That, you know, John, you're a smart guy, and you're, you're awake and aware, and you're enlightened more than some. Um, and I, I think that's, that's where more of us need to try to get to. Um, because you know what? It, if you can become a little bit more enlightened about what's really going on in the world, you're going to do better and you're going to understand what life throws at you better. And I, I think you, just from hearing you talk, you definitely get it. Um, I know Steve gets it. A lot of people that I've yeah. been able to align, align yeah. with get it. Yeah. And um, one of the things we're trying to do is enlighten more people. That's, that's what it is. We, Steve and I both yes. we share our yeah. enthusiasm. We help, we help other people in the community. Um, the whole reason for this show is to, you know, share our enthusiasm, get more people excited about reptiles. Um, we, we, we have a little special thing for geckos, yes, but we touch on everything. And, um, you know, it's having fun is the most important thing. And I like it. And I, and I like what you guys are doing here. You know what I mean? And, that, and that's what it's, it's about, awareness, man. And, you, you know, I'm glad that there's people that step it up and then you're putting the time and effort, and you, Steve, for coming in and everything like that. Like, I, I definitely appreciate what you guys are doing, you know, because a lot of people won't step up to the tables and really commit to something like this, you know. Like you might have your little commercials here and there, but people don't understand. I mean, this takes a lot of time and effort out of your day to be able to come and put something like this together. I mean, you know, you contacted me before. We communicated several times. There's a lot of time and effort that goes into this. So, you know, I hope the reptile community is very thankful for what you do. You know, hopefully you continue to grow because it, it is about awareness, you know, and it comes from just regular awareness in the world and what's going on and just the awareness of what's going on in our industry, and you know, and to keep things fun at the end of the day. Well, the shows get yeah. downloaded thousands of times, so we're de- doing something right. And I just keep watching the numbers <laughs> grow. So we're going to keep doing it. As long as the numbers grow, we're going to keep doing it, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, awesome. All right. Well, John, awesome. i got to tell you, this was, an, this was a terrific interview. And just like you said, um, 
you know, we, we don't get paid for this, but you know what? I, I can't imagine anything more fun on a Tuesday night. I mean, what do you think, Steve? We just had an awesome conversation. About, yeah. Uh, w- yeah. Right? I mean, that's what it's about. Um, John, I'm at, we're at the point now where I'd like to give you a chance to uh, leave us with any closing remarks and also to give out your information so people can find you. Yeah. I mean, basically, like, my last remarks would be, um, you know, if you're, you're coming into the industry, just make sure that you want to have fun, you know. Align yourself with the right people, you know, just because you see things certain cheap at one place, you know, just be, be aware of what you're getting into, ask the right questions. Um, you know, if anyone needs anything, you can always contact me. You know, Breeders Circle is there for a reason. That's the name of our business because we help out the breeders. If anyone has any ideas on videos that we can do, that'd be great. Um, if people want to check us out also, we're on Facebook. You just put in Breeders Circle. So either Breeders Circle, Jonathan Foltz, or Breeders Circle will pop up if you put in the search bar. Go ahead and like our page. We're on YouTube, also forward slash Breeder Circle. You can also see Reptile Webmasters is also on Facebook and even Herp Life. Um, Herp Life will be launching in about like two months from now. So that, that's going to be something very enjoyable for all different class of uh, reptiles in the industry. So we welcome everyone to come and check us out. And anyone that wants to basically do franchising or affiliates, you know, you can be free to contact me also at um, Jonathan at HerpLifeInc.com. And, um, you know, I just want to say thank you, David and Steve. You guys were great. Um, and I look forward to maybe doing another show with you guys later. Definitely. Cool. Let's do a part two in a, in a few months, if you like. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. You guys stay in contact, cool. for sure. Really appreciate it. All right, cool, John. I wish you the best of luck with your endeavors. And uh, thanks again for coming on. We'll let you go. Take care, bud. Thank you. Right. Thank you, guys. You guys have a good one. Bye-bye. You too. All right. What do you think? Uh, what do you think, Steve? Yeah, that was a great show. The guy, the guy's a smart. John's a very smart guy. I really like what he's got to say. I like his ideas. I like his, oh, his yeah. drive. I like. I mean, the guy's really busy doing stuff for the community. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, and on top of it, <laughs> he's right on yeah. everything. Yeah, he really is. Yeah, he knows what he's talking about. Um, Oh, the one thing I meant to ask him about is, um, I think he told me a while ago he was working on a new fat tail morph. Um, I don't know if he's still got it. Hold on, I think he's still on the line. Let me just, hey, John, I want to grab you real quick. John, you still with us? No, he's not. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll ask him, I guess, privately about that. He's telling me he has uh, a new fat tail morph. Uh, I was working on <clears throat> I was going to ask him about his uh, UFO. I don't know if you, you've uh, seen his video there. Like over a year ago, I think it was. There's a, a video UFO? on his YouTube channel. Yeah, there's a video of a UFO on there. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Oh, we'll have to hear about that next, in the next one. Next I, show. I, I didn't yeah. See it. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm dying is. to see one. I, I oh, saw yeah. strange lights in the sky once, but I've never really seen an actual UFO. Have you ever seen one? I think I did when I was a kid. Um, I remember sitting in, in the car waiting to pick up my dad, and looking directly above me was a cir- like a circle of lights. You know, and I, I was probably like six, you know. But I, I remember it vividly, you know, <laughs> so... Wow, interesting. I don't know if that 
that's what kind of got me into, because I'm into all that stuff too, you know. Anything right. sci-fi or, or uh, legends, myths, all that kind of stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, I'm gonna we're gonna close things up, and um, I'm gonna play the outro. And uh, but I'll I'll let you let you go for now, Steve. And thank you for being my co-host tonight. And I uh, look forward to uh, Sunday's show. Who do we have coming on this Sunday? You know, offhand. Um. Offhand, I think it was Marcy, wasn't it? Marcy. Okay, I'll take a look at the schedule. We'll let you guys know who it is real soon, and um, and I'll post the uh, the links uh, probably tomorrow afternoon for the new show. But um, all right, well we're gonna let you go, Steve, and uh, thanks again. I'll see you uh, see you on Sunday. All right, I'll see you there. All right, take care, bud. All right, everybody, check this out, and I will be right back with my closing remarks. Gecko Nation Radio is a David Fine Gecko's creation and production. You can visit the show's Facebook page at Gecko Nation Radio. I also have a great family-friendly group on Facebook called Gecko Nation. Apply for membership today. The jazz music you heard tonight was generously donated and created by Jeremy Turgeon of J&D Reptiles. Thank you very much, Jeremy, for the great musical pieces. You can check out Jeremy at J&D Reptiles on YouTube and on Facebook. And a very special thank you to our news anchor, graphic designer, and audio tech, Steve Barker. All the graphics, audio sponsor plugs, and music overlays were assembled by Steve. Check out Steve on YouTube at BC Barker Creations. He has some terrific videos for the herb community with amazing geckos and snakes. Please support the U.S. Herpetocultural Alliance and U.S. Arc. Gecko Nation Radio is proud to support both of these organizations. Please donate to U.S. Arc so that they have the funds needed to legally protect pet owners' rights nationwide. You can donate to the U.S. ARC Legal Defense Fund at www.usarc.org. If you would also like to learn about advocacy and how you can take action on a state and local level, please subscribe to the U.S. Herpetocultural Alliance newsletter and blog at www.usherp.org. Okay, everybody, and uh, I'm going to play a really cool song for uh, for you guys at the end uh, after I do my remarks here. But uh, basically what I want to say to everyone is um, I want to talk a little bit about positivity and trying to link up with other positive, like-minded people is going to make, just make your life better. It's going to make you just handle things differently. It's going to give you a different outlook. If you're always around negative people, you're going to basically adopt those kinds of feelings and your reality is just going to be negative. So it's life is what we make it and is what I'm starting to learn. And, of course, I'm nowhere near being a perfect person, but I'm doing my best to uh, have a less stressful life and enjoy life more. So um, positivity is where I'm trying to be. And sticking with the theme of positivity, I just want to just thank everybody for being so positive in the Gecko Nation group. What we're doing there is, uh, we talked a little bit about it in the beginning of the show, is educating new people and enlightening, enlightening them. And uh, John made a good point about uh, basically people that are buying animals from the big chain pet stores, uh, you know, they're going to buy one or two animals from there. But if the ones that are serious about it, they're going to go on to 
uh, seek out the good breeders and buy the more quality animals. And basically what we're doing in Gecko Nation is we're getting a lot of new people coming in. Um, some of them are posting issues that they're having with animals acquired from the big stores, and some of them are posting, um, you know, other animals that they've acquired. But all of them are experiencing uh, learning where the better stuff is, and that's what we're doing. We're educating new hobbyists, and we're uh, basically creating new serious breeders for the future and new serious enthusiasts, which is amazing, and new Gecko Nation radio listeners. So uh, expect big things. Uh, me and Steve got some great ideas, and uh, I'm looking forward to possibly getting involved with John and her place. Sounds like a great idea. Well, sticking with the theme of uh, the economy and um, markets and businesses here in America and overall just great things that we, we talked about tonight, I'm going to play a song that I think is fitting and kind of goes along with what we talked about and uh, check it out. And everybody, have a good night. Thanks for listening. Until our next show.
Good night, Gecko Nation. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.